Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! <laughs> Welcome to this special Horse Talk Show's coverage of the Marion County Connections to the Breeders' Cup this year, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm Louisa Barton, and in the studio, I have a fun crew with me. I have uh, Bert Pilcher with me from Shade Tree Thoroughbreds. Uh, Imperial Hint, very exciting. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. And yeah. then moving around, I have Craig Wheeler from Craig Wheeler Thoroughbreds and Mike Hall from Breeze Easy Stables. Lovely to have you chaps with us. Thanks. This is a very exciting time for all of you. But let's start with you. Talk to me a little bit about the upcoming Breeders' Cup. Well, um, Imperial Hint, this is going for his third, third chance to win it. He's had a super campaign so far coming up. Lewis Carvalho done a super job with him. The horse had a monster work at um, Mammoth. I watched him jog backwards this morning on, on the, uh, the breakfast at the track thing, and he looked like he was ready for action. So we got our fingers crossed. But, of course, it would be the toughest sprint field in forever because there's like four monster horses in there. I was looking at that going, wow. Yeah. And he wins this one. Well, I think the winner of this race, if my totally wins it, of course he's champion sprinter. If Piero Hint wins it, it's a possibility he could be champion sprinter. And if he beats my totally and wins it, I think he probably deserves to be champion, which would be crazy. Now you've got uh, double excitement Yeah, this I got year. 260 in mm -hmm. the Philly Juvenile, which is uh, the Florida Breeder Stallion Stakes, Sire Stakes now. A win winner and um, she was impressive in that performance she uh, she just kind of took the lead and just opened up in the stretch and looked like she really enjoyed the two turns that was the one thing about it it seemed like it was a, a real the, the second turn and the extra distance looked like she really liked it so I was uh, real excited about her too but this guy's got one in there that we probably can't outrun the one that he had earlier <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we don't have no horse, but we, yeah. we we was involved and sold the horse yeah. in, in Miami in the in the two-year-old training sale. Yeah. And you have a co-owner, Sam Ross. I have a yes. Partner. I have, I have uh, a partner, Sam Ross, and the, and the horse, the other horse that he's talking about. We have in the sprint out there is is a horse. When I drive. when I came out when I came outside to bring them in to the studio, they're out there all like talking <laughs> and laughing and looking at photos and and I can't even hardly say hi because they're so busy talking to each other and and Bert's like yeah you've probably got the horse that's going to beat me and, and it was really cool and your horse is by American Pharaoh. Yeah. The, the horse four yeah. ride, but it's not yeah. the same race no. that he's talking the about. The race he was talking about was a filly he sold earlier. Oh! Yeah. We, we was involved in a filly we sold earlier that we was involved with uh, and sold Miami sale, and it was sold with Hartley Dorenzo. Oh, that yeah, sale. wonderful. So, uh, very nice filly. Um, I can never remember her name, but she's my Uncle Mo. Dolly. Yeah, it's 850000 Is that the one? Say that again. Eight hundred and fifty thousand. I think I think she sold for eight hundred fifty thousand. Nice. Well, the way she ran, she looked like she was worth it. And you know, she's only had one start, so she right. she is it was uh, impressive. Though she's really impressive, and um, I think she just had a, got a little late start, but she's a nice filly, mm -hmm. very nice filly. Incredible. 
So we got to talk about imprimus. Am I pronouncing that properly? Yeah. Imprimus, imprimus. Inevitable, <laughs> but anyway, we're going with yeah, we're with in prime, in infamous now. Infamous. Infamous, primus, whatever. Yeah. It, it, we, um, I, I let Craig tell the story. He, st he started with the horse. and So you bred the horse. Yeah, I bred the horse. And um, I'm in good company because he's a, he's a half mile north of me and he's a half mile west of me. <laughs> and so we, we have a lot of uh, Breeders' Cup contingents up in our corner there. But anyways, Impermess, imp, which we're going to go with because that's what we're that named now. Yes. It's <laughs> named after my school newspaper from Hillsdale College, which it means top of the list. And that, they call it, in Hillsdale, they call it Imprimus. But since the first announcer ever announced him in the first race, it was infamous, and he's been infamous ever since. I've tried to straighten everybody out. As long as he's at the out. top of the list and the top of the board, right? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I bred him, and I bred him from one of, his second dam was one of Hobo's best mares that they've, they've had in the, in the recent years that, when I, I managed Hobo for 25 years. So when, when they were dispersing at the end, I actually ended up with the good old mare, and I ended up purchasing the mother of Imprimis at the races from Hobo. And um, so anyway, we brought, I brought it to Broken Bow, and we, we uh, ascended to Tim Hills, and we won our first two stars impressively. And, um, but I have to back up a second. So, so now a buddy of mine, just wanted to go down for a beer and a sandwich at the beach, the beach bar, restaurant. Beach mm -hmm. restaurant. And he just happened to have him with, with him at the time. So we started talking. Next thing you know, Mike says, yeah, I just bought a horse today. He, say, he said it was in the, in the uh, older horses of training age at OBS. I said, what is it? He says, oh, I don't even really know what it is. Let me try to call somebody find out what it is. So he buys this, uh, this horse, and I'm trying to quiz him and ask him what's going on. He doesn't quite know, but then, then he calls, not that night, but eventually he calls his buddy, Sam, and he says, I bought a horse. And Sam said, really? He says, and Sam says, basically the story I heard was Sam says, well, that sounds like fun. Let's buy a bunch of horses, <laughs> fly around, and we'll go watch them all run. <laughs> and so here's three years later, and he has a big racing stable and broodmare band, top broodmare band. And, um, but anyway, so I won with the horse the first two races, and then I was down sick, and my wife was at the sale, and we tried to not really tried to sell him, but it was, the horse was kind of for sale, and he had a couple little, one little issue that was putting people off, but he was sound, and my wife runs into him at the sale, and my wife calls me back up, he says, Mike's gonna buy the horse. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, so he, he well, bought the horse. When he says little issue, well, he's got a screw in his ankle, so, <laughs> you know, I don't know much about horses, but, you know, so I said, well, if the screw gets loose, you can tighten it up a little bit. It's not any big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm green at this, so I figured, well, why not take a chance? I met, I met Craig and, and, and what a nice guy, uh, and uh, the horse, what, he had two wins? You had two wins, but see, so now they run the third time, and I was going to at least let him win one more time, and then I'll be off the hook. <laughs> and he comes back and airs again. And um, 
and then the rest is history. Then, then I've been part of the, you know, I love the horse just as much, and I was tickled to death that my, my new best friend owns it, and I've been uh, on the trail going around with them any race I can. We went to... Uh, it's like seeing your kids succeed, right? Oh, yeah, and we, and, <laughs> and, uh, we went to uh, Royal Ascot, and we were over there together. Yeah, but We've been to... What was uh, the first big win that we had with him and you went? Was it in Baltimore? Yeah, the, it was the, it was the eve before the Preakness. It was on Black Eyed Susan Day, yeah. and he won in the slop this deep, and just yeah, that, that turned into a two-day party. That was good. That was very nice. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> they, they, they were on a roll, and um, so he's he's we've had, you know, we've had so he doesn't owe us anything. We've yeah. had so much fun with him, and if he's on his game, if he has his game face on out there, they're gonna have to run to beat him. Uh, all I can say is, you know, we, we're probably close to 100 horses at any given day that we have, and he has been the most exciting horse that we've owned up to this time. Uh, on any given day, mm -hmm. if, he, if he gets a good trip, he's very capable of doing anything. You know, he, he, won, the, he won the Shakers Town. He's, he's won some oh, big races. Tell him about that race. We've had, you know, I think we've had 10, 10 starts with him and five wins. Uh, at least three of those has been stake wins. Uh, there's been so many races. I don't know if I can tell them about Sakerstown. You tell them. Well, about they it. they were nice enough to invite me to go up with them. Yeah. And um, to Sakerstown, and so here he falls on his nose, come literally on his nose, oh, and yeah. Paco Lopez stayed on, which was amazing. That and no, you know, oh chance gosh. of anybody staying on. And we thought, well, basically the race is over, but at least he's oh. still on it. Yeah. And he laid back, and he didn't rush him up. And and then he starts making a move, making a move, making a move, and on the and then Wesley's other horse, Wesley's horse had opened up on the field. Right. And then in the stretch Wesley here, Ward. yeah, yes. and he had the favorite, I think. And anyway, he he closed him down and got him by a head or whatever it was in the end. But yeah. it was How amazing. exciting. It is in a five-eighths race. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, the horse absolutely fell to his knees and, and recovered oh, and, and, and won the race. And that's. That's what we're saying. I mean, he that's an overcomer right there. Oh, Some yeah. horses, they'd be. They, I was that's crying it, like a don't. baby. I couldn't help it. I no. would be too. <laughs> so you know, we took the horse to Ascot, and and the rain just would not stop. And the you were in England. What can I yes. say? <laughs> the, turf, the, turf, the turf was just it was really deep, and he he struggled a little bit there. Um, he still showed up. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, the, the the last race that we ran him in was uh, at Cayland, and I think it was in the Woodford Reserve, and um, same thing there. He he didn't have his best day. He got he got boxed in. Yeah. But you know, I think he still finished. I think he finished third in that race. Yeah, so he did. He you know he's a, he's a real horse. He's he had uh, eight points going going into the Breeders' Cup. So. I think he deserves to be. We got Frankie on him. Frankie rode him over. Yes, I saw that. Uh, and, uh, in your, in, in England. England. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a thrill right in itself. To, yeah. to meet him, you know. Yes, it really is. It's incredible. I saw that. I was like, oh, that's yeah. So it's, that's we're looking, wonderful. We're looking forward to the trip. And like I said, he's a he's a Florida bred horse, and uh, a lot of good people down here, and we we enjoy. Well, it's funny. I was on the phone with with Craig last night, and he talking to him about you know doing the show and coming in talking about 
like to love to blow up the Ocala Marion County connections to the best horses in the world. And, right. and he said, well, you know, my neighbor, you know, you really should talk to my neighbor. And I said, well, you know, I think I just did. I was going to say there's something in the water. Then I was going to say, no, it's just brilliance. And we do have yeah. some of the best starting trainers and conditioners, in my opinion, in the world here. And I, I've been out to so many of the farms and seen but there really is something in the water. <laughs> I know, there you're really right. Is. I really believe yeah. that lime rock in the, the water. Rock yes. comes into the grass and yes. the water. Exactly. Yes, we really do have sunshine. that. Yes. We get oh, the sunshine yeah. that the, the, the country only gets a half our horses, Our horses are outside 23 hours a day. They come in to eat and they go back out and that they come in to eat difference. and they go back out. Yeah. That, that makes, makes a big difference. Horses love to be out. And, and um, <clears throat> we raise them like horses. Yes, they like that. So and the horses like that. They do. We enjoyed uh, Imprimus so much, and, and, and meeting Craig, I ended up buying uh, Imprimus's mother from Craig, and her name is Shopper's Return. And then also he had a, uh, uh, a foal at the time, which was a... violence, and, the, and you bought the summer front yearling. Yeah, bought the summer front yearling, and her, her name uh, is uh, Summer Returns. And she's had a little struggle getting started, but she's she's going to be a yeah. nice fella. And then I own the nice sister to Primus, which is by violence called I Love Shopping, which yeah. obviously my wife named it. <laughs> Liz. <laughs> and um, she's just actually going back to the races uh, Saturday. To shop. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she pays for some shopping. I don't know. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, it's it's got to be so exciting for you having two. You've got. No, he's getting used to it. He's coming up with a big horse every year over well, there. Uh, you know, when I had three rules, like I was saying, um, um, telling a guy the other day, I said, you know, this stuff wasn't even on my bucket list because I wasn't even thinking about having a horse run in the Breeders' Cup because it's, it's just, I was thinking it was kind of like out of my league kind of thing. I had horses, race horses, and we made a living. My dad was, uh, um, like I say, started at Ocala Stud as a groom the year I was born. I, we lived in a trailer on the farm. That's where the horse uncaptured stands that this filly is by. So I was really, really excited that that filly, I, I really hope she does something just because of Ocala stud connection with me. Yeah. And of course, I have the family. I would love to have a grade one Breeders' Cup horse out of one of my mares. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's, uh, um, yeah, well, I got lost here, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'm really excited about having both of them. And uh, Imperial Hint has been unbelievable. Did you go to Dubai with him? I went to Dubai. He talk, uh, yeah, I've been to the, this will be my third Breeders' Cup with him. And uh, every time you, we really have thought that we're, we had a shot, had a shot. And uh, the way he's running this year, I think it's really, really going to be his year. Third time's right. a charm, they always say. Well, this is his third time. And... Um, He's run a second and a third, and now he needs a win. And so, it's a great owner that has him, right? Uh, been a client with, for me for, for um, ever since I've had my farm. Been with me forever, Mr. Mamone. I actually got the horse's mother from Mr. Mamone, and when she had this filly, I mean this um, horse, Imperial Hint, he came back and bought the horse from me because he needed a racehorse at the time. It was by Imperialism. We had breezed him. He was really fast. We knew that. And Mr. Mamone was wanting to buy a horse. Being by imperialism, and I'm a breeder, I sell everything, so he, he liked the horse, so he went ahead and bought it. He liked the horse, but he, everybody said the same thing. 
man, he's good looking, but he's small. You know, he's, you think he's going to be okay? I said, well, he's small, but he's fast. And then uh, Gene, you know, Gene that worked with you for yeah. years and years, uh, my trainer, my farm trainer, Gene Corbin, uh, when I was selling the horse to Mr. Mamone, he told me, he said, y you know you're selling a good horse. And I, um, I mean, we're, in, we're making the deal right there in the barn, and Gene says, Mr. Burke, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, Gene. So we went around the corner. He said, I want to tell you something right now before this goes any further. He said, you're selling a good horse. He said, this horse can really run. And I said, well, if I'm going to sell a good horse, I want to sell it to Mr. Mamone because he's been with me for so long. He's been a super client and a super friend. He said, okay. He said, I just didn't want you coming back and say, Gene, why'd you let me sell that horse? He said, because this horse is going to run. He said, I don't know if he's going to be a steak horse or whatever, but he said he's so sound and he gets over the track so easy. He said he's going to win a bunch of races. And uh, and Gene was right. He, uh, Incredible career. Oh, yeah. And he, he told Mr. Carvajal when he bought the horse, he said, uh, Lewis, this horse has got two problems. And Lewis, he said, you said Mr. Ramon a horse with problems? He said, no. He said, the problems are not for the horse. The problems are your problems. And he said, what is that? He said, well, first time you run this horse, you're going to get a speeding ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and if you don't win with this horse, I'm going to take your trainer's license. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. On that note, I'm thrilled that we get to have a second segment uh, with these chaps and talk some more about these incredible horses. Uh, started, raised here in Marion County on our very good grass and very good water. And uh, it sounds like these horses had an absolutely incredible start. And it looks like they're going to have an incredible weekend at the Breeders' Cup. So we'll be excited to watch them. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton. This show is presented by Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the host talk show are not necessarily that of Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tack Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal, like jockey and horse, Shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All-In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All-In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. Somewhere, aren't they? In promise and, and okay, ready, off my the filly go. because yeah. of the put okay. it back. Coming on this single shot of you right there, so okay. take it from that camera. All right. Whenever you're ready. Ready. Back on the special coverage of the Marion County Connections to the Breeders' Cup this weekend, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with me. I have uh, Bert Pilcher, who's turning into an old pro at the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> with his horses. I have Craig Wheeler here from Craig Wheeler Thoroughbreds. 
and also Mike Hall here and we have been talking about some incredible horses that are going to be showing up in a big way this weekend. Um, Bert, I got to start out by asking you, how soon do you know and can you tell when a horse is really special talented? You have them obviously at a very young oh, age. Oh, I know instantly. <laughs> <laughs> do you start no. to see little characteristics though in them when they're very When young? they're growing up, yes you do. You can see uh, the, the, the horse I had three rules. Now he was one of the only horses I ever had the moment he was born, I was in absolute love with him and stayed that way all the way through and he turned out to be a good horse. Now, 260, when she was born, she was a beautiful filly. She did everything right, but she had this uh, disposition where, don't push me around, I'm not gonna mess with you, but if you mess with me, she would kick somebody's butt. I mean, she really was one of those very, she wasn't alpha and like, I wanna dominate you, but don't mess with me because I'll, you know, I'll take care of business if I have to. And she always was a good doer. Um, that's the one thing about every horse I've had good, and maybe for you, every good horse that I've raised was a good doer. I mean, when they, they were the first one to the gate to eat, they were the first ones through eating, they were looking for more. If they needed, you know, whatever you gave them, they ate it, and they just didn't complain about anything. And they were really calm, never got shook up about different things. And I'm not saying that there's not excitable horses. Um, 260 could get a little bit mad, but she was real smart. She could calm down so fast. Never had a filly that could get that mad and then in the next breath just be absolutely relaxed and ready to do whatever, you know? And that, that, I, that's important for a racehorse to be able exactly. to control their, yes. their not, things. Not to go off no. when they get into the big crowd situation, yeah. all the noise and, and three rules was, having a good time. Was, um, was like nothing ever bothered him. He never got upset. Imperial Hint, he was a rough and ready guy. He just was, he wasn't big as the rest of them, but he was in there always trying to be one of the guys and push around, but, but nobody pushed him around. But if they started getting too tight on him, he'd just outrun them. You could always see that when he was little, he'd just take off and make them chase him. So. Yeah, and then being turned out, like you said, in the field with each other, yeah. they've got that little bit of Oh, there's a, there's a hierarchy out there. Yes. Everybody knows who is this. Everybody's and sorting and out you can the see it's, order, right? It's funny, you can watch babies, um, the, my colts, field is right by my house there and in the evening I sit there and watch them run around there and you'll see the ones that can get, can do a little better than the others and the ones that know they're going to get outrun they'll come in there and they'll do some stuff and then they'll peel off like uh, you didn't outrun me but um you know what I mean it, 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 it they played all all kind of games those guys I think too. that's great yeah. I think that's so good yeah. for them let them be horses yeah. and, and and have a good time yeah. and get that they definitely got that competition going on in the field there yeah. um, Craig tell us a little bit about Imprimus when he was little yeah he um I mean, he was always a good, good bone, good body, nice looking horse, and we broke him, got him going, and he had a little bone, he had a cyst in his ankle. And we trained him on, he was training good, and then he started, went, started going off on it. So I talked to Dr. Madison, and he says, you know, um, well, first of all, we gave him a couple months off, brought him back, started going off again. So he said, I, I've had those in stifles and I've put a little screw in there and just left them there. They filled in and he said, but I never tried it in an ankle. So I said, well, let's try it. So I did it and um, soon as we did it, we, you know, I gave him like 30 days, tried him and he was a little bit funny again. So I, we castrated him, turned him out with the pony horse on the other farm and just forgot about him for like six or eight months. And then we brought him back, never looked back. Really? Never look back. So, so I keep Dr. Madison abreast of it. Every time he wins, I send him something. And, and he's a great 
supporter of Hillsdale College, which he, they send him the Imprimus magazine, the right. Imprimus magazine. So he says that they're actually going to do uh, do something <laughs> on him. That the college is going to do something oh, on him wonderful. in that magazine. Very yes, nice. and, they um, should. I'm just worried that they're going to hit me up for donations if yeah. they see him. <laughs> you know? They probably are. You're alumni, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're but Dr. Madison is. <laughs> Fabulous, yeah. fabulous. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, he's an unbelievable. So it so wasn't really like a screw holding the, the leg together or anything. It no. was just a little, and that put off, I tell you what, a lot of big people were interested in him, and he was the only one that had the nerve to go with him in the end. Yeah. You were so, brave, huh? Well, How nice well, that you gave him a chance, though. No, you did the surgery, and you turned him out, and you let him rest and grow and mature, and, and look what's come out of that. Yeah, so no. it just and he's got a great show. personality. I mean, he is, he's, he's just so fun to go back to the barn after the race and yeah, he's a, hug he's, him. And he's a super horse. I'm going to meet him when I get oh, there. Yeah. You're going I to want meet to him? photograph with yeah. him. So, you know, the trainer is Joe Arsino, and Joe Arsino is from uh, South Florida. He lives in Davie, Florida. And uh, <clears throat> he takes a lot of pride in this horse, and he spends it. I mean, this yeah. this is his his horse right now, you know. And he has been from day one. He just loved this horse, so he uh, he has a lot of faith in this horse. And we're just hoping for a little luck and get a good trip at the Breeders' Cup. I think we drop post position three. Yeah, nice. we'd have liked to have been a little farther out, uh, uh, so we wouldn't get all balled up. But uh, I feel like if he has a good day, he can make it happen. He's, I think so he's that too. type of horse. He can bust out there and, uh, yeah. and get going. I think he'll do very yeah. well. It's very well. It yeah. could be a, a very exciting weekend for he's everybody. He's flying out today, isn't he? He's flying out today. Is he's he? Prob he may be there, getting there about now. So. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, exciting. So um, other than the Breeders' Cup, which now you've, you've done a few times, top of the bucket list for you? Well, you know, everybody would say the Derby. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... and um, yeah, I mean, that would be fantastic, but that's a big, big dream, the Derby. Uh, the Reader's Cup was a big dream. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, I really never even considered it. And then to be having horses in it the last four years, uh, it's just it's, uh, really been unbelievable for me and for my career, for my wife who works so hard, Martha. Lisa. She absolutely has worked tirelessly with me for the last... 39 years that we've been married with the horses wow. and I mean I couldn't have done it without her so. that's wonderful so. you, your success good team you think oh because it's over no and over it's, it's repetitive it's yeah. not a coincidence yeah. no, <laughs> uh, it's definitely no question uh, Gene Corbin my farm man uh, trainer any horse that I've had at the races that came from my place that I own Gene has done its preliminary training before we went to the racetrack and Gene was, a, when I managed Hobo Farm, yeah. he was a stud man for 25 yeah. years or however many it was at Hobo, which was right next door to where he exactly. lives now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, um, and Gene is probably the epitome of a horse whisperer. Anybody wants to say, if there's a person that can get inside a horse's head and make them want to be, compete, it's Gene Corbin. I, I don't know how he does it, but he can figure a horse out. He's really an unbelievable asset for me. I, I couldn't have done it without him the last few years. My dad, he and Gene were friends, and they, they worked together. And then when my dad passed away, Gene kind of took over everything, and he's been an unbelievable asset. And then my farm manager, uh, uh, Tony Sanchez, he is uh, um, couldn't do it without him. I mean, he's there every day just like I am. 
He loves the horses. He's so excited about these horses going to the Breeder Cup because he knows them just like I did. We raised them right there at the farm. We took care of them, taught them their first lessons. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of cliche to say it's like your kids, but it's like your kids when you see them compete. But then it also, it makes them, the whole team, every horse in the field, you don't underrate anything from it's a baby because you don't know that thing could be the next big horse, you know what I mean? So you're looking at everything with the potential. Yeah, well, absolutely. I was gonna say, my dad used to tell me when we were doing it, he said, treat every horse you raise like he's a champion. And some of them will come along and surprise you and they'll be, they'll be the kind of horse you think. But he said, if you treat them like cheap horses, they ain't gonna ever let you down. They're gonna be cheap horses. He said, because a lot of what a horse is is what you think it is, and you get him to think he is. He said, they, the psychology of horse racing, a lot of people overlook it, he said, but it really is important that these th horses, and you, it's crazy to say it, but when they win a race, they, they know they won a race. It, it really, to oh, me. they do. Oh, for sure. When they, they come do. by, they yes. know they won. There's they know no they're keeping oh, them out yes. that day. Yes, you know? they do. And, oh, yes. Um, There's no doubt. And so you just, you never, we never break horses. We train them. We teach them. We're partners. There are partners in the, in the business rather than our slaves to racing. There are partners at racing. That's and right. that's what makes it. And you uh, do love them. Oh. And you love to see them do well and succeed. I tell you, you have to love them because yes. they will try your patience <laughs> and it's so much work just like children yeah. <laughs> so, but, a labor of love <laughs> yeah but when you have one that's doing like these horses that we're talking about are doing it's the 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 experiences you can't even describe it i i i the, the first time i had a horse win a stake that i owned with three rules i never had a horse win a stake raised them all my life because i always sell them but he was one that i had a partner a couple partners and my friends in Canada, Jeff Roy and Tom Fitzgerald, they didn't want to sell him. So we took him to the races, and when he won the stake, it, it, it dawned on me. I said, I've never owned a horse that won a stake. And I said, I've never owned a horse that was running in a stake, because if I had one that was good enough to run in a stake, somebody bought him, because yeah. I would sell him, and that's all we ever did. But that horse there, because from the first time he was born, I was in love with him, we were able to, they taught me into it. Uh, so, and then, Imperial Hint, every time, when he won the Vanderbilt and broke the track record, you said a while ago you cried, I cried like a friggin' baby. I was sitting there on the couch going, I can't believe that little summer gun done that. It was so, the emotion, the excitement was so unbelievable. And I was watching it on TV. I almost went, but I had too much to do. I couldn't do it. about crying for the Vanderbilt. I bred Trap Shot, which is the same family as he has of uh, Imprimus. And he was in the Vanderbilt, and he had the win, lost the win, and had the win. You talked about crying. That's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Well, what an exciting, exciting times coming up. You, you're top of the bucket list, Derby too, probably, right? I'm, I'll be happy with the Breeders' Cup. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're good. Yeah. Yes. I, I, he's, I'm enjoying listening to these guys. They've been at this a lot longer than I have. I've been in the business. I thought I've been in it four years, but maybe it's only been three, <laughs> three years. It seems, it seems like I've been here in a long, a long time. Uh, <clears throat> I know our bank accounts are a lot less than they was when we started, but uh, it's been. You got some big horses coming up. Oh, it's yeah. big ones. It's oh, been big fun. Ones. It's been. It's it's a blast and. A lot of good people in this business. So. Sam's going out. Really Sam's his partner's yeah. coming out to the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, I, my partner Sam and uh, his wife is gone, and, and uh, I'm 
myself and Phyllis, my lady, and we're we're all going and have a good time. So it's it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I think I told you earlier we have a, we have another horse in the race, yes. and that, that horse's name is Four Wheel Drive. That he's ran twice, both stake races, and he's won both of them. Uh, he's probably the favorite right now in the in the uh, turf sprint. So <clears throat> we're pretty excited about him and Imprimus. So so looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Yeah. Real Thank well. you so much, all three of you, for coming in. And Thank you. the fact that your neighbors is so cool <laughs> and glad to have you both here at the same time. And I just want to wish you the absolute very best. And the only request I have is if you make it to the winner's circle or when you make it to the winner's circle, I get to be in the picture. And I'm so excited. I wish you all the very best. Safe travels for you and the horses. Uh, safe races and uh, and great success. And I feel like it's a win to be at the Breeders' Cup uh, without even being in the winner's circle. But I have a feeling we're going to see you guys there anyway. But I'm really excited. Always excited for the uh, Ocala Marion County connections to these top races. And these really are the the championships this weekend of the best horses in the in the world actually well this so, these horses that we're taking are generations of florida breeding it's not just a florida sire to some mare that came down this these are things that hobo yeah three three generations three generations right. there on my farm uh, imperial hint is a fourth generation produce and 260 is a third generation produce yeah. of the mama the 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 the, um, the granddam the dam and then the, the philly so it's uh, it's all florida i mean these are florida florida brits so. incredible so. well good luck to all of you and thank you so much for being with us okay. really you. appreciate thank it uh wrapping it up uh, very excited to have so many wonderful connections uh eight florida breads running this weekend and actually another 35 or so horses with connections very strong connections here to our trainers and conditioners in the Marion County area. So it's pretty exciting. Thank you to Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital for being our presenting sponsor and the other supporting sponsors uh, following these, uh, these leads all weekend for our local connections and keeping you informed on the Horse Talk Show on Facebook, on the Sky 97.3, radio.com worldwide, and on the Horse Talk Show network.com. Thank you for being with us on the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to FeedDAC.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 for the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is sponsored in part by Equisin, when visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equus Inn by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equus Inn.
Welcome to our special coverage of the Ocala Marion County Connections to the Breeders' Cup this weekend, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm Louisa Barton. Joining me by phone, I have Niall Brennan, one of our local conditioners here. Uh, he is a consigner of racehorses, been very, very successful. We believe it's a lot more than luck, and certainly not a coincidence that year after year we see his horses in the top stakes races across the country. And certainly as we come into the culmination of racing at the end of the year, and we're looking at the Breeders' Cup races, uh, we see, I think, four horses uh, for Niall Brennan. And uh, Niall, it's lovely to have you back on the show um, with us. I know that you, uh, your, your hard work, integrity, your great team and staff have a lot to do with your success. Tell us a little bit about the horses that you have in the Breeders' Cup this weekend. Well, thanks, thanks for those kind words. I, I mean, <clears throat> I think we are best to have, you know, horses that are competing at the top level and reaching the, the, the end of the year championships, if you like. And that's hard, long year for the racehorses and, you know, for them to kind of be sound and stay healthy to the end of the year is everyone's goal. Um, and all the defenders, you know, we're fortunate to have, you know, a couple of horses that are, I think, are very live chances. Um, you know, starting, I guess, with uh, Dunbar Road, and uh, but, uh, she's exceptionally talented. She's only a three-year-old filly, which is in the filly, filly's uh, race. But she's, um, I think Joe Chad Brown has done an excellent job with her, developing her, and picking his spots, you know. Um, uh, she ran very well in defeat in her prep race at Keeneland uh, this month, earlier this month. But, uh, you know, I don't think the circumstances set up well for her in that race. And obviously she's come out of it well because Chad is very, um, a very, very good caretaker and, mm -hmm. and looks to see how his horses are training. So he would not be bringing her to for the biggest challenge of her, of her career so far had he not think that he's, she's doing very well. And she's extremely talented and you know you'll be taking on older horses. Right. Um, you know, it, it really comes down to the, the one, no one cruises that the East Coast horses have to ship out west to a different climate and a different... Uh, different surface, different racetrack at Santa Anita. Uh, might be a little deeper than they're used to. Um, some horses might take to it just fine, and, and other horses might not take to it, but you don't know until you run them. Um, mm. But ha having said that, if she ships well and takes to the racetrack, I think she's a uh, very talented city, and she should definitely be there or thereabouts at the end. It's wonderful, incredible. Um, Owendale. Uh, uh, trained by Brad Cox has, has really shown up an incredible horse. Thoughts on uh, on Owendale? Well, you know, he's by intermission one of the most successful sires in the country right now. Mm -hmm. But Owendale's a little bit atypical of the intermissions. He's a bigger, stronger virgin. He's out of a Bernardini mare, so he favors that side of the family. And he gets a trip. The distance is not a problem to him. Whereas many of the intermissions, although very successful, have been, have been so at a mile or under. But Owendale was, um, he was always a mature early two-year-old when we had him, um, and a very smart horse, very intelligent. Again, I think Brad Cox's trainer has done an excellent job developing him, and I'm picking his spots and giving him a chance to develop. The great thing about him is he's getting going from strength to strength. He's picked his spots throughout the year, and the horse just keeps improving and getting more confident and learning his game. Um, uh, you know, he, again, he's taking on elders in the, in the classic because that's the only race for them, really. Um, but he loves the distance. Um, he, he's got plenty of stamina and he's improving. His breeze uh, on the weekend was exceptional. Uh, I talked to Brad and he was, you know, really excited. He, 
I think that the horse is just doing great at the right time. He'll give a very good account of himself. Now, whether he's good enough at this stage, as uh, the old horses taking on McKinsey and, and the likes, uh, you know, obviously that's why they run the races. Right. This is a very, very talented three-year-old that's um, improving at the right time, and he's got the strength and the stamina. So he'll give a good account for himself. Yes, he will indeed. Uh, it's it, really incredible. I, I got to ask you about um, about Liam's legend uh, winning at Keeneland. I know that that was especially touching for you. Yeah, you know, thanks, Lizzie. Uh, you know, he's a two-year-old that just won on Saturday and uh, the closing day at Keeneland. Um, you know, he's a, funny enough, he's a horse that we had here at the Ocala Breeder Sales uh, in April and he didn't make his reserve. We were disappointed, but... Um, not really sure why, you know, we, we, were, we were always high on the colt. Now, the Williams Map's first crop of two-year-olds to race, so back in the spring, none had raised yet. And now, of course, he's doing very well. But he's, a, he's obviously, he's by Liam's Map uh, out of a mirror called Indian Legend. And um, my dad's name was Liam, or William Brennan. So um, I wanted to name a horse in memory of my dad, and um, he was a, an excellent trainer in Ireland and very good horseman. I just thought this was the one. I, I thought he was good enough and uh, that he could do his justice. And also the name just fits, so I named him Liam's Legend. And so it's, uh, um, we've got some partners in the horse. And um, one of my partners in the horse, a, guy, a man called Mike Anderson, passed away a couple of months ago suddenly. Um, a great, great guy and a great partner. And so I just figured we named him. And, 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 and I hope that the, the two of them were looking down and having a couple of vodkas after the race. <laughs> Great to see him get to the Derby, huh? <laughs> Exciting stuff. Well, it certainly would be wonderful. I pray to God he stays sound and healthy and has a chance to do it. It'd be great, uh, great um, honor for my dad. Indeed, and you're a huge advocate for the horse. You, um, you guys do absolutely wonderful work with your horses, and you, um, you even have the final furlong, um, which is a horse retirement program there that you um, you run out of your farm, and that's um, that's actually thoroughbred aftercare alliance approved and a, a proud member. And and really, I love to see that. You know, I love to see when um, you know we 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 make money we we do business you know we love the horses we we send them on into their careers but then we offer them an option like that and i think that more people need to know about the really good side of racing that i see on a regular basis which is you know people like you guys uh, offering a program like that uh, and i think it really makes a difference to be able to offer the horse you know a future uh, after it's done racing whether it succeeds or uh, you know, or retires older, but it, it's just a great option to have, and I think it's something that people really need to know about. Well, I agree. It, it, it's very important, and you know, with regard to our, our final four-long program, I have to give my wife Stephanie all the credit because she does that, and 
and it's very, it, she's very passionate about it. But there's many wonderful people around the country that are so interested in in second careers for these racehorses. You know, that retire and that can be it can be only owned as riding horses, pleasure horses, show jumpers, dressage um, events, uh, all kinds of activities. Um, and it's you know, I, many people maybe. Uh, you know, we all need retirement homes. We're, we're, we're human <laughs> athletes, we're equine right. athletes, and uh, there, but there, there's, there are some very good organizations, uh, you know, uh, accredited organizations around the country that are, are very passionate about it. And, and I think, listen, most people that are involved in this business are passionate. That's why we love animals. That's why we're in it. Right. It's not, you know, we care about them tremendously, and we care what happens to them. Absolutely. Um, it, it's you know, if people would relate it to their dogs and their cats at home, well. Our horses are no different, you know, and in fact, most people that are in the horse business have dogs or cats because we're animal people. Nice. And, and <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the resources are, are, you know, around the country, it's, I mean, there's, you know, positive publicity and there's negative publicity right now, but it uh, depends on what side of the fence you're on. But, you know, the people I'm involved with and fortunate enough to be around are, are, are passionate and care about their animals and, and do everything they can to look after them in retirement. Absolutely. I love that uh, that your success is totally obviously reliant on the horses and uh, and I love your hashtag success is no accident. Um, I, I, I love to share that because I believe that um, that what you're doing, it makes a difference, a huge difference. And we love to see uh, your horses showing up in all these major races consistently. It's uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, Niall and his team had 2017 Horse of the Year, 2018 Pegasus Stakes winner, 2017 Breeders' Cup Classic winner. Uh, and so far this year, as of at least a couple of days ago, they were up to 21 stakes winners in 2019 and more than half of them in graded stakes wins. So um, I think that uh, what goes around comes around and obviously hard work, dedication and a, and a retirement home uh, for their horses is uh, making a huge difference in the racing world. So we're thrilled for you. We love to see your horses running the Breeders' Cup. I'll be, uh, I'll be rooting for them. And um, we always love to see our Ocala Marion County connections. Niall, anything you want to add? Well, I think, uh, listen, Marion County, we're, we're so fortunate to have just uh, this wonderful area, tremendous farms and horse land, and uh, it's great to see that, it can, that the success continues and brings attention to Marion County, um, especially in the equine world. I mean, it's, it's really one of the capitals of the, of, in the equine industry around the world. It's well known, and I think the fact that there's, I think OBS had a, you know, Calibrator Sales had an email today that there's uh maybe 24 horses racing the Breeders' Cup that came from Marion County and came through the sale itself yep. here at, my, at OBS. That's right. There, I, I think I, there's there's eight, I know there's eight Florida breds, and I think there's another almost 30 plus horses with strong connections here. Either they graduated from uh, barns here, started here, went through the OBS sale, um, came to train or rest here. Uh, I think it's over 30 connections plus the the Florida bread. So it's actually very exciting to see, you know, how strongly we're represented really at the, the end of the year culmination of racing in the championships and the best horses in the world. Uh, it's really, uh, it's really awesome. It's really worth shouting out about. Yeah. So uh, we no, love no it. Doubt. I think yes. Everybody in Ocala can be proud of that fact. And, um, but there's, there is so much uh, representation here on the, on the, on the good side of things. 
There is indeed, and we're, we always like to stay on the good side, and we're certainly hoping for a um, successful and safe weekend. Love to see some of your grads uh, in, the, uh, in the winner's circle this weekend. Niall, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yep, thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Have a good evening. Perfect. Bye. Niall Brennan, stables.com. You can uh, actually find him on the, uh, on the web, and you can uh, check out their, uh, their horses. And, uh, and as they go on, they'll be sharing their social media. It's fantastic on Facebook. Um, you can go on there and actually follow their horses as they succeed, and, uh, and they keep track of all that very well. So we'll be watching those horses this coming uh, weekend and uh, hoping to see them in the winner's circle. This is a special coverage uh, for the Breeders' Cup brought to you by Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital covering the Ocala Marion County connections to the best horses in the country. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. This show is sponsored in part by Hilton Garden Inn. Downtown Louisville, only five miles from Churchill Downs, enjoy the two most exciting minutes in sports, plus a hearty breakfast and a mimosa, and let Hilton Garden Inn do the rest. Book for Derby 2020 now. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at InnovaWellnessSpa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's Finest Alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. In the studio with me, I have my co-host, Paulette Stout. Uh, she's a top equestrian and, uh, and a, a gypsy vanner trainer and rider. And joining us by phone, one of my very favorite guests in the whole wide world, Hall of Fame <laughs> turf writer, Steve Haskin. Hi, Steve. It's lovely to have you back on the show with us. Always a pleasure. I only come on for your introductions, that's all. I know, then you're leaving, right? That's it, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, about the Breeders' Cup this weekend. It's, um, it's been a really interesting year. Uh, it's been uh, uh, the strangest derby ever. Uh, then a couple of wins Mark Cassie had in the other two legs of the Triple Crown with two different horses. And um, it's kind of gone on from there. It's been an odd one, even starting with Omaha Beach, uh, ending up having to be scratched from the derby. We were all so excited about him. Um, it, it's been a weird year. Can you talk a little bit about the kind of the culmination of that in the championships this weekend? Well, I mean, the scenarios are fascinating, you know, especially after uh, maximum security raised the uh, raised the bar up quite high with his victory over older horses. Um, so he's already beaten older horses now. The Code of Honor has already beaten older horses, and Omaha Beach has beaten older horses. So anybody who says this is not a good crop of three-year-olds <laughs> is a bit mistaken. It's true. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you, you talk about a strange year. Uh, it, it just doesn't get any stranger. I mean, if, if, as if maximum security's crazy year isn't enough. All the setbacks that he's had, you know, coming back from 
well, of course, the, the, that wild and weird disqualification that I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again. Well, maybe we will now. Maybe the precedent has been set that uh, I not. will be more willing to take a horse down. Mm. But, you know, there are a lot of people that say that he should have been taken down, but he was the best horse. Yes. And you know it makes you crazy because there were you know there there were two there were two classes of of, of disqualifications one which we use and one which is used in Europe right and 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 the one that we use is the one is if if you bother a horse and cost them a place then you're going to get disqualified the rest of the world you have to bother the horse that that you, that finished directly behind you. Right. That would that they say would have won. In other right. words, that would right. have won. Yes. Not would have moved up a place, but right. would have won had right. you not bothered him. Right. So in that case, which the rest of the world, that horse would not have been disqualified. Right. But anyway, getting back to the uh, to the crop, um, you know, with all the craziness that he's he's been through, and you know, missing missing races, and you know, unfortunately, Mister Travers, and then the, he had to come back in in this race, and in a bold ruler, which he runs, still runs seven furlongs and one twenty and three, and beats solid older horses. Right. And you look at Omaha Beach. You know he's been through a quarter crack and, and trapped up a Gladys. He's really he's been through it. Setback after another, and he missed. You know he had two comeback races that he missed both of them, and he winds up doing something that no horse has done in over thirty years, which is to win a Grade One at six furlongs and to win a grade one at a mile and eighth or, 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 or farther. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just not done. I mean, this just shows you what kind of horse he is. So, you know, he he, went, he wins the Arkansas Derby at a mile and eighth. He wins the Saratoga Sprint Championship at six furlongs. And he winds up running in the, in, in the phony mile, dirt mile in the Breeders' Cup. And I say phony because it's two turns. And to me, it, it really doesn't do much for, for a horse's prestige if you're looking for to, to make a stallion only because two-turn mile race is no different from a mile and 70 yards or a mile and a 16th, which is basically a cheap distance. The whole, the whole purpose of a mile race, why the breeders love it, is supposed to be run around one turn and you have to run hard from start to finish. And right. it tests a horse's speed, his toughness, and his stamina. A mile going around two turns t tests none of those. So it, to me, it, it, it sort of cheapens it. But unfortunately, that's where they are with him right now. I mean, he, it would be too tough really to ask him to come back and run it again at six furlongs. But to beat a horse like Chancellor the way he did right. was, was, was remarkable. And you can't ask him to go a mile and a quarter. So basically what they have to do is running him in this race and then probably go in Malibu at the end of the year as a prep for the Pegasus. And we'll see what they do, what Wayne Hughes decides to do with him next year, because once he runs into Pegasus, he's out of Rick Porter's control. And it's all up to uh, Wayne Hughes at Spencer Farm That's right. to decide what to do. I know, and I don't, so, I don't want to see him retire yet. <laughs> no, no, that's the whole thing. You know, and I, I know Rick Porter really well. And I, you know, and I'm, I, I'm always honest with him. I said, Rick, you know, if they retire him, and listen, he, listen, he's the one who made the deal. So I can't say, oh, you know, I feel, feel sorry for you, Rick. You know, he, you know, he, he made the deal. And, you know, you start looking at, at him for next year, and you said, my God, 
what this horse would be capable of doing next year is mind-boggling. I know. I know. I mean, you could do anything with him. You can run him sprint. You can run him at a mile. You can run him at a mile and a quarter. Uh, you know, it's it's just uh, it's just crazy. He's very I mean, very versatile. How many versatile. horses win a Grade One at six furlongs? Who 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 early in the year was the favorite for the Kentucky Derby? I mean, it's it's just it's just crazy. It you is. know, and then you've got the emergence of Code of Honor. Now the you know the big thing is is that. It, if you look at three, and I love Code of Honor. You know, he's getting great right now. He's running incredible races. I thought his race in the Travers was brilliant. Dwyer, Jockey Club Gold Cup against all the horses. Um, I thought the disqualification was warranted because the fact that he just got beat a whisker. Right. So, I mean, you know, we, you know, he's he's already run three grade one mile and a quarter races this year. Was second in the Kentucky Derby you know, after being moved up and then wins in the Travers and the Jockey Club Gold Cup. He's already beaten all the horses. However, my main reservation with him and with several of the others is that in the history of the Breeders' Cup, in the, uh, the uh, three-year-olds from the East who have shipped West to run in the Classic are 0 for 22. Yeah, you're and right. And, and there have been really some really good horses who have shipped West. It's not easy to do. These yeah. horses are at the end of a you know long campaign. Some of them are run through the Triple Crown, and then to ask them to travel cross country to meet older horses um, at a racetrack they've never run on, which is kind of an unusual racetrack. Yeah, right now, right it now is. it's it's much deeper. Although you wouldn't tell for some of the workouts we've seen. Right. You know, a lot of these horses have been looking awfully good over it, but you still got to favor the older horses and the older horses who have run over it. But, um, you know, there's so many different scenarios. I did a column of, uh, uh, yesterday, actually, um, about the different scenarios for, uh, for, for three-year-olds and for horse of the year. And, you know, you have five different races that could produce the oh, horse yeah. of the year. I know, you're right. It's not cut and dry this time. I, I think Code of Honor definitely could be horse of the year if he won the Classic. But sure. I think he'd have to win the Classic to be horse of the oh, year. Oh, definitely. For sure. Right. So, yeah, and, and Midnight Bisu, I mean, such an incredible horse in the distaff. I mean, she's eight for eight this year in her races. So, you know, what what do you do with that? You know, that's a... That's a and bricks and mortar, too. Yes, yes. You know, and, and listen, the turf is very weak this year, especially with Magical not coming. Mm -hmm. So there really is no headliner. There's no really big horse. In fact, there's only, there's only three Europeans going in there, and... They're, you know, they're so-so. I know you got the English Derby winner in there, in Anthony Van Dyke, but he's not even the best three-year-old in his own barn. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a horse called Japan, who's, who's high, much highly, more highly regarded. And uh, Anthony Van Dyke just hasn't won a race since he won the English Derby. And then... Uh, you pronounced uh, it properly! Yes. <laughs> you pronounced it properly! <laughs> he said Derby, did yes, you hear he him? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen I've, been, listen, I've been a student of European racing for so long. That, good. Um, uh, I've been following... Listen, I've been, I've, I've been following... I've been following European racing since since the times of, of Seabird and Millreef and Nijinsky. So uh, I never say I never say English Derby. It, it sounds crude. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. My English you know, friend Katie tells me off when I say lesson. Derby. <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 a history lesson. <laughs> if, 
if, if Lord Darby had lost the coin toss to see uh, uh, who was going to have the race, because remember, they used, the, the, the English Oaks came well before the Derby. That's right. And, and, and two, two people flipped the coin. They wanted to have a, a, a Derby a, a equivalent for the, for the Colts. So they figured that whoever won the, the toss, coin toss, would have the race named after him. So fortunately, Lord Darby won. Otherwise, it would be this race would be called the, the English Bunbury. <laughs> that's, <laughs> not, that's nice history. So, I mean, the, so Lord Darby beat out the Earl of Bunbury on the, oh, to, to get the race named after him. <laughs> so, Steve, last question for you. we got to wrap up. Um, if you were going to just go and gamble, just just gamble on the winner of the classic, uh, and you and you weren't uh, you weren't a Hall of Fame turf writer. Let's just say you were just you were just <laughs> any <laughs> ordinary person. Hall of Fame turf writer does not stop me from losing my shirt every year. Oh, okay. <laughs> so who would you put your money on for winning the classic? Um, a, a horse, a, a horse who I actually had ranked number one last year in the Kentucky Derby and I've already ranked him twice number one for the classic and that's a horse who's an eastern horse but who has won a great one out there already and that's Vino Rosso who um, grew, grew up in the same fields as Justify and uh, you know it's a great story behind him and I think this is his time to shine he's a he's a grinder he's a you know he's a, a mile and a quarter type of horse got the pedigree He's peaking right now. His uh, telegraph numbers are are right up there with with the best of them. And um, and I his bre his breeder cried. Good. His didn't his breeder cry when they sold him at the sale? Yeah, that, yeah. Right, that's the story. Yeah, I just yeah. that's the story I wrote a, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, see, I read uh, your stories. I read every him. single. <laughs> she cried over him because she was such a magnificent, wonderful, sweet horse to be around. That oh. she was like, I was like her baby, yeah. and she cried so badly that somebody saw her crying and thought that the horse had stepped on her foot. Oh God! Well, you know, and, uh, I gotta and, add, no, Steve. It's not, no, it's not that. And it's after the horse sold, you know, she rushed back to the barn, um, and then she, and then she saw, her, uh, she, she saw her, um, uh, who bought it that she knew it was going to be going to Todd Fletcher and. Was, um, Mike Rapoli and Vinnie Viola, St. Elias Stables. She knew it was going to a good home. And then that helped. But um, yeah. she really got very emotionally attached to him. And I thought that was a great, a great story. I think that's a great story. And I got to finish it up by adding to that, that Vina Rosso trained here at Krupe's Newcastle Farm in Ocala. And sadly, we did lose Jim Krupe this year. Uh, oh, and I right. think I it know. would be yeah, a lovely exactly. tribute to him if Vina Rosso ran across the finish line first. So uh, I'd say uh, that would be a good one for us to root for. Steve, I want to thank you for being with us on the show. Um, always appreciate it. And uh, hope to get to see you at a race one of these days and get a selfie together. <laughs> yes, I definitely look forward to that. Thank you. Hall of Fame turf writer Steve Haskin, one of my favorite guests. Love having him on the show, uh, bringing you coverage from the Breeders' Cup uh, in the next few days and over the weekend. And look forward to having him on the show afterwards uh, to chat some more. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. 
This show is brought to you in part by New Millennium Realty. Owner and broker Brian Cox loves this community and wants to help you find your place in the horse capital of the world. Like them on Facebook or find them at allfarmsmatter.com. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. This show is sponsored in part by 1K Helmets, certified to ASTM standards, where the perfect synergy of advanced technology meets aesthetically pleasing design wrapped in a package that traditionalists appreciate. Check them out at 1khelmets.com and like them on Facebook. 1K Helmets, where style meets safety. This show is sponsored in part by Ovation Helmets, the lightest and most comfortable helmets on the market today. For hot Florida summers, you can't do better than Ovation. Check them out at EnglishRidingSupply.com or get fitted for a safe, lightweight new helmet at Tack Shack of Ocala. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. In the studio with me, co-host and top equestrian, Paulette Stout. Paulette, we're going to start off with some news. Obviously, it's Breeders' Cup this week. Um, very exciting. Two days and 14 races, the culmination of the championships uh, this year, really the uh, um, uh, the best horses in the world, horses from all over the globe um, coming in to uh, to compete in all the different races and I think it's something like 22 million or 28 million dollars in purse winnings and uh, and a lot of excitement, a lot of claims to fame here for Marion County uh, as well, a lot of Florida breads and other connections um, so it's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, very sadly in North Carolina um, a, a woman was actually her horse was hit and killed very sadly and she, they're calling for change um, it had just started to get dark apparently mm -hmm. and there was a flashing um, apparently he had a flashing red light on his hat and other riders had flashlights and were wearing bright colors so the group would be spotted um, and um, apparently the driver never slowed down didn't even hit the brakes ran into um, the horse caused the rider to flip off and unfortunately sadly did kill the horse um, the horse she weighed about 1300 pounds so she was a pretty good sized horse a real sweetheart mm. and, um, and they had actually owned her for 13 years and the horse actually acted as a shield and, and basically saved, saved the yeah. saved the rider but um, the horse was laid to rest peacefully in a grave next to the owner's own father and died saving the uh, saving the rider but um, very very sad but certainly something that you want to look into for like you know for safety because people do ride at night yeah, and, and, and that's they really, and, and you got to remember is people don't pay attention like they used to and you remember yeah. we got texting and we don't like remember I got hit by a car myself yes I know, I know, just a ago. few weeks ago, yes. Yeah. And their owners do hope that her death won't be in vain. They want to see some changes, um, educate people, and um, the Highway Patrol is investigating the incident, prayers and thoughts to all connected mm -hmm. there. Always makes me sad to hear that. You know, um, I always wonder which side of the road you should be on. Should you be facing the 
that depends what country you're in. So it's the opposite in England to here. Like if you're walking or cycling here, they have you go facing the traffic mm -hmm. on the same side. It's the opposite. You go with it in England. And I had to get used to that when I came here. So I don't know what What's the, the safest way to do what it. Is the safe, that would be, that's a good question. <laughs> We'd like to know. What is the safe way? Uh, also, sadly, five-star event horse Archie Rocks was euthanized on October 26 after falling on a cross-country at the PAL CCI five-star in France. The fall occurred at Fence 288. Unfortunately, he suffered an irreparable shoulder fracture considered to be severe by the vets on site. So prayers and thoughts also out to all connected there. It's very sad. Uh, you know, and all sports, um, you know, are dangerous, and and it's uh, eventing is a, a can be it can be a dangerous sport, yeah. um, and and it's very sad, uh, and it does happen unfortunately. But um, uh, yeah, so I'm very sad. I never like yeah. any of the uh, yeah, any but of it the, happens. Yes, it does, and we we hear it in in all of the uh, horse-related sports. Um, Chia is making a big, huge hit in the horse world all of a sudden. Jessica Lynn from Earth Song Ranch has been telling me about Chia for years, ever since I've known her. Uh, but apparently, it is becoming the thing for horses. Um, Chia seeds are 30% fat, and they have essential fatty acids. And they, um, they have lots of other nutritional benefits. We eat that too. I mean, it's in the package. I know. Well, I want some. I don't know. I'm going to get How some. How do you make it? I guess you just go and buy it at the... Yeah, but you don't need them just plain, do you? I guess. I don't know. That's another question. question. We have another question. What do How you do, do you with chia? chia? Yeah. <laughs> eat it? Pour milk on it? Put it on top of your ice cream? I don't know. Does it taste good? I don't know. I'm going to go and that buy some after good, this. good, but it might be. But apparently it's good for colic prevention, ulcer prevention, allergy relief, metabolic conditions. But we're going to talk to Jessica Lynn about it later because she's the expert. So, yeah. um, so we'll cover that. But apparently it's good for healthy hooves and all that kind of thing. So it should be good for our hair. <laughs> good. <laughs> I like it. Um, the Expo, November the 7th, that is a Thursday evening. Um, downtown, the market uh, in Ocala, going to have uh, tables. Um, people are going to set up tables with information about all the different breeds of horses. We actually have 62 known breeds in Ocala, Marion County, more breeds than anywhere else uh, that we know of in the world. Uh, we're not going to have all 62 at the downtown market, but we're going to have uh, at least 20. Uh, I think we have a, a variety of different breeds. We have an Appaloosa, Mustang, Gypsy Vanna, mm -hmm. uh, Quarter Horse, Miniature, Thoroughbred, um, Percheron. Uh, Probably the Andalusian. Andalusian, yes. Uh, Frisian. Mustang. Uh, I, yes, Mustang. Irish sport horse. Uh, so it's going to be really nice and it's going to be a meet and greet area sponsored by New Millennium Realty. Um, Brian and his team are going to put together a really nice photo booth area for horses to come in um, for short periods of time and you'll be able to have selfies, meet, touch, um, feed a character a treat uh, to a horse. So it'll be a great community event. Uh, last time I checked, we had 672 people signed up as coming. Wow, uh, that's yes, awesome. Yes, so, uh, so I think that's pretty exciting. And if two thirds of those people show up, but it'll they, be a, a pretty they exciting. They signed event. up in what way? Can they come? We have an event up? that they're mm -hmm. registering at, mm -hmm. and it is o it is Ocala Eats. Um, it's an unfortunate name, Ocala Eats. Uh, <laughs> 
all breed horse expo. Um, so don't get any, uh, we're, yeah, we're not, that's not what it is. There's food trucks. Um, and uh, uh, so we come out and it's a great community evening. Stop on your way home from work or school and uh, and visit. So and it's a couple a, hours. Yes, get a chance to, uh, to meet and greet a horse. It'll be very exciting. Arabian, that's what I forgot. Oh. Um, so it should be it should be a wonderful uh, evening and opportunity to network and to meet some horse people. We've got some great vendors coming as well. I think as of today we had 12 or 14 additional vendors on top vendors? of the normal vendors. So we had some horse. We've got Grand Oaks coming and um, um, the CBD Leslie, the CBD mm -hmm. for horses, and um, there's a whole list of them. New Millennium Realty. Uh, there's a number of seminar. Now, I is think, there gonna, when it's Ocala Eats, is it going to be food there? Oh, yeah. There's food trucks. And it's already an event. There's a band and, and all that. And we're just adding horses to the existing oh, community so events. Oh, so already an Oh, event. and at 6 o'clock, um, David Manuel, the farrier, mm -hmm. um, is coming. And he's bringing his stallion. And he's actually going to do a uh, live shoeing demonstration for people. And mm -hmm. we're also going to get an equine dentist to come and do a, a demo as well. So it's going to be a real learning experience people cool. who don't know um, very much about horses so um, so it should be a, a, a great a wonderful wonderful uh, evening it is entirely possible I'm not going to say for sure I don't have confirmation but it is entirely possible that congressman Ted Yoho will be with us uh, on the next show he is a DVM uh, we love him because he understands how important the horse world is oh. I just met with him last week uh, on his most recent immigration plan and um, he said he'd like to come in and, and be on the show. And uh, the last time he was on the show, we were like really only on the radio. So I told him he has to do his hair. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. What? You can't use what? Yeah. What? He doesn't have any hair. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Congressman Yoho should be here hopefully with us next week. He's going to talk about his immigration plan, which is a five-year guest worker plan um, that um, we're real excited about. The CEP, my day job, we're going to be doing some workshops to uh, bilingual workshops to explain to the farm workers exactly what we're doing, which is basically a five-year guest worker card. Um, and um, if you're here illegally, you will be eligible for it. And if you are home in your home country and you want to come over and you have a job offer, then you will be eligible as long as you don't have a felony. There'll be a $2,500 fee for the card. And if you're already here illegally and you have to come in, um, you will pay an additional $2,500 fine. It will cover you and your family, your children up to 18. He's trying to get that passed um, to help our guest workers and our farm uh, farm is workers. That, is it's that a, just for the state of Florida? That is for Florida, and it is um, it is uh, bipartisan, so it's no particular party. Um, although Ted Yoho is a conservative, but mm -hmm. he uh, it's a bipartisan. Um, uh, you know, a package that they've put together. They've been several times to the to Congress with it, and it, there've been some issues and things and things that needed to be changed and concerns. And and he's done all the modifications that they've suggested and asked for. And it's it's going to be brilliant. It's going to resolve a lot of the problems that um, mm -hmm. that we're having that we're experiencing mm -hmm. with um, with farm workers that need to be able to stay here. And you'll the only thing will be. 75% um, of the year you have to work in equine and farming, um, which is 75% of the year is no problem. And then right. if they want to go home and visit their
their family, they can do that. Um, they'll have a number assigned to them that won't be a social security number. It'll just be a ID number that'll be good for but five years. Not, but they're not, they're still, they're legal residents. Yes, exactly. It's a are. guest worker card is mm -hmm. what they'll have. Mm -hmm. And um, and and it's brilliant. I mean, it's it's brilliant. I'm so in support of it. And he, he's hoping to get that passed in the next uh, within a year, so they and three can bring months. their family over too. Yes, it will include all their children, include their wife and children up to eighteen, and then when their children turn eighteen, they can apply for it as well. And at the end of the five years, if they've done all the things they're supposed to do, they can reapply and get another five years. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting. I, I'm I'm all about it. I'm I'm thrilled. Is there any is there any provision that once they do that, that they could apply for actual being a or a legal you can always do that, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's through always that. that. Not through that, but there is always that option at the end of the five years. If you decide you want to do a citizenship application, you can, but there isn't a pathway through the, the guest worker. Mm -hmm. That would be something you'd do you know, on your own. Mm -hmm. But certainly, if you'd been working here for five years and followed all the rules, uh, I can't understand why it wouldn't be an issue to try and, you know, to, to apply for that. So, um, mm. But I, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's great. To close out this segment before we go to um, our vet segment with Dr. Tim Lynch, I just want to share some photos. Um, Suzanne Saw came out to my house and took some photographs uh, of my 34-year-old horse, uh, Sunny, and um, she's she's wonderful. She makes books, um, whatever you want, framed photos, books. She's a professional. She made some books for... Um, uh, for Jim Kruppi for Kruppi's Newcastle farm before he passed and they were just beautiful and um, she came out and she took some photos of um, of my see my pasture ponies look mm -hmm. how dirty they are um, and and my 34 year old uh, Sundance aka Sunny <laughs> and uh, and she did a she did a really really nice job so shout out for her if you if you need any um, any horse photos taken she's uh, does she have a website that's a good question. I don't know the answer to. <laughs> look how good that one is. Look how sunny. Mm, that's beautiful. He doesn't look 34, does he? No, he doesn't. That's a DAC-powered Seminole Oats Larson Hay Summit <laughs> Joint Performance 34-year-old. <laughs> The horse. The horse. <laughs> he, uh, he's got such a lovely face. <laughs> he does. He's so gorgeous. <laughs> Love well, of my how life. How would we get a hold of her? Because I might want to have You'll have to message me. Or message. Okay. You can find her on Facebook. She's on Facebook. Suzanne Sewell. S-U-O-R. Suzanne Sewell. S-O-U-R. Suzanne Sewell. She's wonderful. She's a, a wonderful lady, and she's been taking lots of pictures at our events. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think she'll be at the expo as Did well. Did she do the parade? Yes. Was that the one that did the parade that was yes. Oz? Was? Yeah. Wow, she did really good pictures. She had beautiful pictures of Oz. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. she's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we got to wrap up the news, and we're going to take it to uh, to Dr. Tim Lynch uh, and do our vet segment from Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, presenting sponsor of the first hour of our show. And we'll be right back in just a few minutes. I'm Louisa Barton. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever, with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second to none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. 
This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family owned since 1934, manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all natural, non medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Starts timing, you see it. Ready? Here we go. You know. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. In the studio with me, I have Dr. Tim Lynch from Peterson and Smith. And we're going to talk about another topic that's actually been in the news a little bit lately, and there's been a bit more awareness because War of Will, trained by Ocala's Mark Cassie, uh, who won the Preakness and afterwards had a uh, noticeable what at least appeared to be a lameness from uh, from the rear. A lot of people were concerned and thought that he might be hurt, but actually his diagnosis was string halt. So that brought up the question about what does that mean? Well, apparently, according to my research, good old William Shakespeare came up with, uh, with that word. So that's an old word, uh, uh, but very interesting. And what is string halt? And I'm gonna let uh, Dr. Lynch, the expert, <laughs> tell us. Uh, so, uh, string halt is, uh, falls in this group of mechanical lamenesses. Uh, nobody really knows what causes it. Um, there's suspected neurologic problems for it. Uh, horses uh, uh, suffer uh, cuts on the back legs across the tendons. The extensor tendons can be prone to it. It's maybe a mechanical inhibition of the tendons to work or glide properly. But what string halt is, is it's a, a, a classic is, is a when the horse lifts its hind leg, the upward motion is fast, and then the downward motion is normal. Uh, meaning that you can see it in various degrees from very, uh, very noticeable, and we'll look at that in a second, to Marcassi's horse who you could see something was different in that one leg, but you could see that the horse lifted his leg quite fast. It does, it's not painful, it's a mechanical, uh, their leg doesn't work like it did before. Uh, and it's a kind of a group of lamenesses, and technically it is a lameness, but a lot of them are quite, um, uh, innocent, meaning that they are still usable horses. They can still race, obviously, <laughs> and race well. Obviously, and uh, they can. Uh, and a lot of times, the, when they go fast, that gait goes away. So let's see that gray yes. horse. Yeah, let's see the uh, this video. This is a video You're joining us on Facebook. You can see from this. Somebody from England, Dr. Sue Dyson. Hmm. Uh, she has a lameness book, and this gray horse you can see in the right hind leg, and now he's jogging. You see how the horse is picking his legs up, both legs, mm -hmm. real fast towards his belly, and then down so the upward motion is uh, fast up towards his belly and then down he almost looks like he's dancing he almost looks like he's dancing <laughs> like he's doing some special move here's a horse that's <laughs> doing something different this horse is now instead of having the fast motion up towards his belly uh, you can see in that right hind leg the fast motion is down towards the ground down but when he trots it's a little less noticeable this is a horse with fibrotic myopathy. This is a different type of lameness or mechanical interference. And the horse now has a, an injury or a scar in the back or the hamstrings of the horse, uh, which causes this downward 
See how it's down yes. as fast, down. Yes. Wow. So it's just the opposite of string halt. Again, nobody knows how horses get this. Uh, everybody thinks it's an injury or a tear of the muscle and then the muscle uh, heals and shorter or becomes calcified. But a lot of these horses, if they trot, uh, the lameness will go away and when they gallop and race, um, they're completely normal. But no discomfort nope. from it. No, no, they don't feel any sort nope. of pain. I imagine or... it's weird. Uh, yes. Some of them, uh, especially the young horse, uh, will get it training when they break from the gate. And then, so then they rest those horses and lots of times that gate will go away. So string halt is usually something seen in a little bit of older horses. Nobody knows, explains it why. There's a neurological form in Australia that they, uh, it's actually from a certain weed. Yes, it's a toxicity, yeah. right, from a weed. Yeah, and once you pull them off that weed, uh, this thing will go away. So don't know if that uh, uh, leads to some insight on why horses get it here. Some people uh, think that maybe it's from uh, giving them shots in the rear end when they're little foals or yearlings. I don't know. Nobody can prove any of those types of things. But a lot of them are not painful. They're just a mechanically look odd. And everybody would tell you that your horses looks weird. But a lot of them are quite good athletes um, and can race. And, and it's a matter of um, it's it's not a uh, it doesn't get worse. Uh, some of them the habit it, it usually stays the same. Like that gray horse had it in both legs. Uh, sometimes you got to be careful when you pick up their legs and trim their feet or pick out their feet because they want to pop you in the, in up, the yes. head. Uh, so it's it's kind of one of those mechanical lamenesses. There's another one you should throw in there called shivers. Uh, it's usually in a, in a large breed horse, uh, draft horses or the warm blood breeds. It's a horse that will pick up his leg and literally shiver. Uh, so it's more along the neurologic uh, type. Uh, it's not really painful. Uh, they only do it when you pick their feet up, which becomes hard to trim their hind feet. Uh, or clean their feet, uh, but as athletes, they're fine. Uh, and it usually goes along with age in that horse, and it's usually the large breed, uh, you know, the draft horses and the draft cross and the warm bloods. Uh, it's not a very common problem. None of these are really common, but they look odd when you yes. see a horse that well, has them. I had them. never seen uh, a horse actually, uh, you know, next to me, like I did after the Preakness doing that. I, I'd seen it on, you know, like on a video, right. but never actually, so it can't be very common because I've been around a lot of horses. Do you run into an issue of a horse um, not passing um, a vet check with sure. something like that and maybe not being able to compete in a race or an event because a veterinarian says no? Well, I think it's hard. I mean, of course, in the racing jurisdictions, I think they know what those gates are and or they trot the horse and then they obviously work the horse and make sure you can do and pass and has cleared the race, right? Standard breads included as well, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the other ones might become more difficult if uh, people uh, don't know exactly what's going on or the horse looks um, worse, but it's not really lame. It's a gait abnormality. It's mechanical in nature. So it's going to be pre-purchase is where it becomes a real problem for some people don't want that right which is understandable uh, even though the horse is really good at their job they just have this uh, oddity right mm -hmm. uh, rarely do they get worse uh, shivers might get worse to a point where you know you really have to be careful trimming them and, and have to take special care of those horses uh, so it kind of can be 
all over the map as far as how people interpret that. Uh, I remember there was a really nice racehorse that had a uh, string halt in one leg, and going to the racetrack, he looked terrible, but he beat everybody there, <laughs> day in and day out. So it's all dependent on how the, you know bad it is, and um, some people think the, the, the walking horses have it more. Morgans, the gated type horses seem to have, that's what people believe, I'm not sure, uh, that they get those types of injuries or those gates, uh, really. There's something that sets them off. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I just saw a horse who had fibromyopathy way back in January, they rested it, and now I saw it today and it's gone. Young horse, it makes sense, they were training it, breaking it from the gate, maybe got sore, fatigued, strained something. Uh, pulled something in the hamstrings and I've ultrasounded it. I don't see any scar tissue and it looks fine. It got cleared to go back to training today. So I think it's very interesting because um, especially when you mentioned the, the, I read about the, when I was doing my research on it, I read about the Australian version and the toxicity and I thought how interesting that would be to research that back and see if any of the other cases of string halt here in America, if you could trace the toxicity, you know, I mean, there are, you do hear of these, uh, you catch on the news sometimes that certain um, feed companies, you know, have a, have a problem with their feed or something, you know, and there's, there's some toxicity there and it makes you wonder, you know, is there something that's going into the feed, maybe it's from spraying on a crops or something that causes that in certain horses that maybe have a reaction sure. you know like people some people don't react to some things and then other people get an upset stomach if they you know mm. if they have certain things so it almost makes you wonder it'd be kind of interesting to to track all of those back and see you know right. what, what starts well, I think it? it proves that there's probably some neurologic component to it mm -hmm. some nerve involvement of some sort uh, what or why, uh, what causes that, I'm not really sure. It could be inflammation, mm -hmm. just, you know, um, just being sore, it could trigger it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it makes sense, I mean, that, because you can obviously induce it with this weed, right? Uh, whereas in the United States, we don't have that weed here, so maybe there's something similar to it, I'm right. not sure. But you see it in all sorts of horses and breeds um, that do all sorts of different things. Uh, it's not like it's really common in one particular breed or things like that. Where's just the warm blood, the big horse, the right. shivers. That's right. probably related to them. You might see it occasionally on a thoroughbred and on a quarter horse, but not very often. So again, it's not it's a painful thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of everybody on the trail will tell you your horse is weird, but they're <laughs> completely fine. You know, you turn them on a paddock and they run around like there's nothing wrong with them. So again, it's something you have to watch, and you know, and it becomes a problem when you pre-purchase the horse. But other than that, I mean, a lot of those horses are quite usable, quite good athletes. They just look a little funny when they walk. Yes, and then some apparently their leg can come up so high it can even hit them in the stomach, yep. Yep. which is yep. very like That extreme. gray horse there, he's, he's dancing he was, pretty well. He was dancing pretty, yeah. he was pretty close to his yeah. stomach. Very interesting, uh, uh, Dr. Lynch. And any, any concern about arthritis or anything later on with uh, it? Yeah, well, I, I think if it just you know goes along with what you do and how uh, what you do and how hard it is, mm -hmm. and, and of course, age and use and things like that all you know right, come together. Into that you only have so many steps, right, right. In, the, in your life. So it's it's kind of one of those things, and I'm not sure if this really contributes to it. And the thing that's really interesting is some of the best athletes they tend to get this, or I've seen it in them, and that becomes a real big problem. Although the horse can do its intended purpose really well, and then but when you walk out of the ring, everybody looks at that and they think, oh, oh, but the horse is lame. Yes. The horse is lame, or something's wrong with that horse, like Mark's horse. Right, the press um, went crazy, yep. and I was standing with um, with Lee McCathan when he came back from the track after he won, 
And um, she said, oh, it's nothing to worry about, string home. He's probably been like that. They knew <laughs> yes, it, right? They, of course. He went out for his grays, and everybody yeah. saw it, and okay, he's been like that. And for Mark him. said it's never bothered him. No. He's never been uncomfortable, and obviously he won the Preakness with it, so yeah, <laughs> it didn't affect him. That's a, pretty good, that's a pretty good sign that, you know, you can be a good athlete. Absolutely. Very, very interesting uh, string halt with Dr. Tim Lynch from Peterson and Smith. Lots of information, and uh, definitely an interesting topic to do some research on. Uh, I'm Louisa Barton. For the horse talk show. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. This show is brought to you in part by Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. This show is brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. In the studio with me, I have co-host Paulette Stout. And on the phone, joining us, uh, Jonathan Shaw. He is a falconer, a horseman, rides Pasifinos, and does some amazing things with those falcons. So we're going to chat to him. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Louisa. I'm glad to be here. Nice to hear another Brit. I know. It's lovely. <laughs> and, and actually, Jonathan, Paulette, Jonathan is a renowned wildlife artist and instructor. He was born in England. He's an expert falconer, has a passion for raising, breeding, and training Pasifino horses. And um, uh, uh, just incredible, actually, if you get to see his artwork, uh, mm -hmm. which I, I'll share on Facebook and, uh, and the website. Just amazing. But, but Jonathan, first of all, we want to hear about this passion that you have for Pasifinos. Right, and uh, originally when I lived in England, I got into um, hunters, and I had uh, two different hunters, uh, Jake and Maggie, and uh, did lots of riding on those when I was a teenager, and, you know, they were a great, great for dating girls, so, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, I had, I had great, fun, great fun playing with the horses, and then um, uh, subsequently, you know, many years later, I moved over here to the states and um, I live on the eastern shore of Maryland and uh, I'd always wanted a paint horse and so um, my wife and I ended up getting a paint horse each and uh, and I wanted to try falconry from horseback. Well I did that and um, you know I used to trot around the farm with my hawk on my hand and my poor hawk thought I was shaking a cocktail with it because trotting isn't very smooth. And uh, somebody uh, somebody said, well, why don't you try a Pasifino? So I got on, uh, got on this little Pasifino and talk about a smooth ride. I mean, they're described as the Cadillac of horses or, um, or old people's horses because yeah, they're very kind to your frame. And uh, they're nice, nice, nice and small. And um, so... You know, the first time I got on one, I was absolutely blown away. And um, so, 
subsequently all the paint horses went and now um, we have nine uh, Pasifinos and I just love to do everything on them. Uh, people don't know a huge amount about the breed. It's still relatively unknown in the, in the, in the sort of general recreational horse world. But they are um, a remarkable little horse. They uh, came from Spain and they were originally a war horse. Uh, they're bred from the Spanish barb, the Jeanette and the Andalusian. And they have this wonderful four-beat gait. Uh, which makes them incredibly smooth. It's just just like a Cadillac. <laughs> so as I say, smooth as glass with lots of class. <laughs> I um, like that. <laughs> most people see them in the show ring and they think, um, you know, they think that's all they can do. But trust me, they can do everything. Um, I um, I have your friend uh, Marla here right now. She's been out today, and we've been out on a trail ride on the Pasos, and then. Um, she had a garrocha, uh, which is a discipline that I use with yep. all my horses. And of course, the garrocha pole it was used by uh, the South American gauchos to sort cows. Mm -hmm. uh, but subsequently, it became an art yeah. form. Um, and it's a great discipline for mm -hmm. working with horses and getting great circles and everything going. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, uh, they're really a very unique breed. I do mounted archery from them, mounted shooting. I do falconry, uh, which is something I always wanted to do from horseback. And uh, so I've been, I've been having great fun with this breed. And I, it'll be the, the last breed I ever have. Wonderful. So tell us about how you, um, this, the falconry you do this, how, how do you, it's got to be quite hard to coordinate a bird and horse, no? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, it's not rocket science. If I can do it, anyone can do it. But, um, you know, falconry has been around as a method of catching food since, you know, 2000 BC. And no, I don't remember back that far. But anyway, um, you know, it, it was uh, it was actually a, a method of catching food, and um, it didn't really begin to die out until the invention of the gun. And actually, the first gun was named after a hawk. A male English sparrowhawk is actually called a musket. That's and right. So when, there you go. Yeah, so I know it, that. Yeah. Yes. So, don't you just anyway, love history um, when know, somebody there are so knows many, it? It was so widespread during the Middle Ages, you know, every, every household practically had a hawk. And, um, you know, the goshawk was actually called the cook's bird. And, um, and so, you know, it, it was extremely widespread. And people don't realize that um, there are so many terms in common English usage that came from falconry. Um, the obvious one is when you put a hood on a falcon, you're hoodwinking it. So you're actually tricking it into thinking it's night time. So the, so the term hoodwink, hoodwink, tricking somebody, came from falconry. <laughs> Well, uh, and, and lots more besides. An interesting story. I met Marla um, at the Preakness. I guess it must be like three years ago. It was pouring down rain, and there wasn't anywhere for me to go with my laptop except under the stairs. And I was on air doing my show. Oh, I had the headphones and the laptop, and I was trying 
to get the umbrella up over my head because I didn't want the computer to get wet and give out on me. And Marla held the umbrella over me, and that's how I met her, and we've stayed in touch ever since. So that's I just had to do a cool. shout out for Marla because she's so cool. Um, right. Yeah, she's awesome. But um, but tell me about the birds. Like you have them like flying between the horse's legs and things. Yeah, they. Um, you know, the training of a bird is just like training a dog. It's a food response mechanism, except they don't eat dog biscuits. They eat meat. So um, that know, works for me too. Yeah. Food rewards work for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do me. But anyway, um, you know, they uh, you actually start training them by giving them rewards of meat, and then they'll, they'll come to you. And you know, it's a little more complex than I'd like to go into right now. But once the bird actually comes to you, then um, you know, the next thing to do is to make your horse. Um, uh, really, well, I, I, I say make your horse unflappable <laughs> because they unflappable. literally have to deal with a, a flapping hawk um, that can be anywhere on the body. Um, and when you're sitting on them and you've got a big flapping bird on your on your glove, um, probably about 90% of horses would freak out and take off with you, which isn't very good. No. So, you know, the training for a horse is just standard desensitization. And I start on the ground with a hawk on my glove and I, I just lead the horse around all over and occasionally I'll make the hawk flap its wings by rotating my wrist and unbalancing it. And eventually, you know, the horse becomes desensitized, like you, just like you would with a paper bag or, or something, and uh, eventually you hop on. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I actually hunt from horseback, so I use my horse as a beater to, uh, to walk through the grass and the thick cover. Uh, to drive out rabbits and pheasants and squirrels and things like that. And um, sometimes I'll have the hawk on my glove. And of course it's very useful because the hawk's in an elevated platform. And uh, if I flush a rabbit and it runs ahead, the hawk has a pretty good view and um, has a better chance of catching it. So, um, yeah. you know, that's it, that's it in a nutshell for chasing ground game. But um, when I fly the Falcons, I, uh, uh, that's slightly different, but I can actually have my Peregrine Falcon fly through my horse's legs at about 125 miles an hour. Crazy. I mean the bird. I mean the bird, and not my horse. <laughs> yeah, totally <So>, right. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, it's um, it's really uh, really fantastic to be able to. Um, to, to put together a team of falconer, falcon, and horse. And uh, my, my horse actually, uh, my, my go-to horse, Domino, loves my hawk. And my hawk loves my horse. And I can actually uh, ground tie my, my horse out in the field. And I can, uh, and my hawk will just fly over and land on the saddle. So, um, oh, you know, they, 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 they formed a great bond and, uh, you know, I go to a lot of the shows up here in the, in the middle, middle eastern states of the U.S. and, um, and I give uh, falconry presentations from horseback and, um, Jonathan, I, I, I have a question. I, I looked at falconry a long time ago, and of course we're in Florida, so every state has its own um, laws and licensing for different wildlife. And at one time I was a class two a wildlife pet. I used to have uh, Selby's apes and, and a monkey. Yeah, I had a lot of monkeys. 
<laughs> I love monkeys. Yeah, um, capuchins and celebes, and I had a class two wildlife permit. But I did know that falconry was different, and the licensing was different, and it also took several years to become a falconer. How did you become one? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, in my case, uh, of course, I started in England. Um, I was I was actually only 18, and um, I actually went for a two-week course at the National Bird of Prey Center, mm -hmm. and I ended up staying for two years. And it wasn't because I was a slow learner. It actually gave me a job. But when I, uh, when I eventually came to the States, I uh, landed in New York and I wanted to be a falconer up there. So I applied to the, uh, the DNR, the Department of Natural Resources, for a permit. And um, you, a normal falconer would have to go through an apprenticeship mm -hmm. to, a, to a master falconer. Yes. And you're an apprentice for two years. Um, and then a general falconer, which is a step up for three years, and then uh, finally you become a master. So it's about a four or five year uh, process. It's, it's slightly varied by state, uh, but you basically are an apprentice under a master falconer who, who um, you know, teaches you the uh, the art of um, handling the birds. But as I say, if I can do it, most people can do it. It's not rocket science. Can you own any while you're in the process of apprenticeship? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you you can't. Um, uh, there are there are restrictions on what birds you can own. Mm -hmm. So you know you can't become an apprentice and have a golden eagle no. uh, because you just wouldn't know how to handle it, and you'll probably end up catching somebody's cat. But um, you know, you you really. Um, uh, once you apply for your permit, they will come and inspect your facilities to make sure that you have, you know, suitable accommodation and make sure you have the equipment. And then um, once they approve that, they'll give you the permit. And um, you uh, you acquire either by catching um, a, a bird of the year from the wild, or you can actually buy one that's aviary bred. Mm -hmm. um, most apprentices will um, catch what's called a bird of the year, an ias, which um, is a bird that's left the nest and it's uh, self-sufficient. Uh, you can't take adults, you can only take the babies and, you know, they're pretty easy to train at that stage. Um, what kind of birds can an apprentice have? An apprentice can have, uh, general, generally, I think they can have... Peacocks, they can have peacocks, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> she has peacocks. She has peacocks in her kitchen. <laughs> yeah, they can, yeah. <laughs> they can actually have um, American kestrel, they can have a red tail, they can have a red-shouldered hawk. Um, and that's about it. Can I think it, it is variable crows? from state to state. Can you have crows? Because you don't I want a crow. crow. Oh, I love crows. Yeah, crows are smart. Crows <laughs> train. They really do. Crows train. They train. I never heard that but before. I, I was under the impression that they were protected, so I wasn't sure. Because obviously, well, a falconer probably could have some protected animals, but I, I was told that crows were protected, and I'm not sure. Yeah, any, any, anything that's considered a wild bird, you cannot possess it without um, the appropriate permit. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Jonathan, I hate to wrap it up with you. I've got lots more questions, but we are at the end of this segment. Love to have you back again. I have been invited to Maryland to come and uh, 
and uh, and have this experience. I love the, the sound of that. I think it would be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show. Jonathan Shaw, Falconer Horseman, renowned wildlife artist and instructor, uh, born in England. It's lovely to have you on the show with us. And uh, I feel and like Shan a minority. It, it, I know, right? You're a minority. She's a minority right now. <laughs> We've got to go to break. Thank you, Jonathan. Please give Marla a big hug for me. I will. Okay, thank you. And we're going to go to break on the Horse Talk Show, and uh, we will be back with you in just a few minutes. Stay with us. And I'm Louisa Barton. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 through the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at innovawellnessspa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm Louisa Barton. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa in the studio with me, top equestrian and co-host Paulette Stout. Joining us by phone, I have Jessica Lynn from Earthsong Ranch. We're going to do our holistic horse segment, also brought to you by Summit Joint Performance. Uh, Jessica, lovely to have you back on the show with us. I'm going Thank to be uh, going to be talking a little bit about lameness. Uh, and, and a few of the holistic uh, methods that we can use to help uh, with some of those things. One of the things that I've come across lately, and I know you've mentioned several times, is EPM causing lameness in horses. Yes, it does. It causes odd lameness, though, and many vets do miss that. It can cause them to walk tiptoe on their front toes. It can get them to stumble when they've just had a trim or trip. Um, and it causes lameness not only in the front end, but the hind end. So it's, it's you know, more of a neurological type of a lameness. Now, as far as, as far as testing, obviously you have your veterinarian come out, do a full examination and, and, and test for EPM. Um, mm -hmm. After you followed your vet veterinarian's instructions, what sort of things do you recommend for EPM? And isn't it neurological? It's neurological, but uh, really high doses of vitamin A really help the horse to um, save the nerve endings and the nerve sheaths. Mm -hmm. But um, Marquis and all the other um, veterinary drugs are only about 50% effective. So what we recommend is that they go ahead, follow their vet's advice, and then we have a homeopathic kit that seems to do a double you know, hit once they've done the Marquis. Um, 
But boosting their immune system is one of the things that people need to understand. Prevention is nine-tenths of the law, you know? <laughs> you don't want your horse getting sick with any of these things. And if their immune system has been compromised, they're going to be more at risk for getting EPM or Lyme or any of those things. And what we have found with a lot of cases, in fact, a recent case here in California, a customer of mine, her horse came down with EPM and they tested for Lyme and he has that too. And we're wow. finding that they're getting like a double hit. They not only have EPM, but they've got an underlying case of Lyme that was not diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Really? That's interesting. I wonder why yeah. those things are coupled so much. Don't know, but I see it all over the country. Hmm. So now when people call, I say you've got to get the horse tested for Lyme as well. Hmm. Good instruction. Both, right. both of those affect the host, you know, and they both and they can cause all kinds of weird lameness issues that you go, what is going on with my horse? Now, is that when you tend to see the the, the tightrope walking, like the crisscross yes. of the feet in front of yep. one another? That yeah, is, my my mm -hmm. horse that had EPM, that's what she did. The crisscrossing in the front. Yep, and she didn't do it all the time. She only did it on occasion, and her feet weren't hot. There were no pulses. You know, I mean, we kept checking her for laminitis, didn't know, the vet had never seen EPM out here. Um, so all those things, you should call the vet, have them come out, run all the blood work, and then get a plan in place. But vitamin E, especially if you have a newly diagnosed EPM horse, is critical to them recovering. Is it really? Mm -hmm. So get them, get them on the vitamin E even maybe even before you test them and, and that way you're, yes. you're already building up that immune system before you even have the result and it can't hurt, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and the vitamin E is great for hoof health too. Makes sense. Because the hoof is full of nerves and so it protects the hooves. You know, if you have a laminitic horse, not because of EPM or something, I would put them first on some, you know, magnesium and get them on some vitamin E. What does the magnesium do? The magnesium is one of those elements that um, horses and people both don't get enough of, and it calms down the feet once they ha are having a laminitic attack. Magnesium is supposed and, you know, to make a lot of people soak their, their horses' hooves in Epsom salts. What's Epsom salts? Magnesium. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That all fits then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so so as far as um, as let's say navicular goes um, in a horse, if a horse is diagnosed with navicular, uh, are there any particular holistic methods um, or treatments for that? There's not per se. I mean, you keep them comfortable. You can give them, you know, um, anti-inflammatory kinds of herbs and or pain relieving herbs, like you know, white willow bark's one of them. Meadow sweet. But for the most part, what I have found over the years, which have been too many now, <laughs> is that navicular is usually caused over time with a lot of bad trimming. And I've seen navicular horses get reversed with a good barefoot trimmer. It takes time, but they can do it. Mm. Just like just like foundered horses, I've seen many cases that were rotated that barefoot trimmers took them on, and it might take a year, but they've been able to derotate a lot of the horses. Mm. And they're back to work again. Really? Mm. That's yeah. interesting. All right, yeah. so so off that topic just for a minute, um, I've been reading a lot in the news, in the horse news, about chia 
And I know that you've mentioned Chia to me mm -hmm. a lot in the past, yeah. and yeah. now apparently it's becoming like uh, largely, <laughs> largely accept. I'm like people. Jessica's been saying this for years, but um, but talk to us a little bit about Chia and its uses and why it's suddenly so popular. Well, I have. This has been one of my soapbox issues for a long time. Once the hay is cut, two, um, three elements start to disintegrate right away: vitamin um, C, vitamin E, and essential fatty acids. Horses do not get enough essential fatty acids anymore, and the reason is that they cut the hay crops early. There are no seed heads, and the seed heads are what contained all the essential fatty acids the horses used to get. So everyone had to look for other alternatives to give your horse what it really needed, you know, for its own health, gut health, hoof health, you know, skin health, everything. And then they realized that Chia had all those elements and it was healthy for them. Um, it gave them the fat that they weren't getting, you know, once the hay has been cut and they're not getting the seed heads. I mean, I love where I get my hay because we get seed heads. Mm -hmm. So, but I still feed them. Um, well, it's incredible. The other thing about chia is that, and I never can say this right, it's like a mucilage. So once, you know, it's being digested and going through, it's kind of like gelatin. And it also helps to move sand through if you live in a sandy area. And any horses are prone to sand colic. Jessica. So Fox, Fox does that too, but Fox doesn't have all the elements that uh, chia has. Jessica, how do you know really how much, is there any real research that you would know how much a horse really should digest or have or be added to? How do you know what to give them? You mean in, in regards to chia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the amount. Oh, yeah, Dr. Getty has done a huge um, research study on this. And when you have an 1,100 pound horse, you give about a quarter of a cup a day. Mm -hmm. and, and the list is really long, like weight management, ulcer yeah. prevention, colic prevention, allergy relief, metabolic yeah, conditions, long. healthy hooves and hair, uh, chronic yeah. inflammation from laminitis or anything like that. And it's, yeah. and it's good for all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been eating chia probably for, I don't know, I said three years the other day, but I think it's closer to five. And the prices really come down. We sell um, horse caps Nutrichia, and I love that one because it just smells fresh. It's clean. And um, I give it to my minis as well as my Arab, and they all do great on it. I, 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 I would like some. <laughs> I would like some. <laughs> okay. Can we take it? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get that chair. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just give the, the minis like a tablespoon a day, and that's all they get. Yeah. And then my Arab's not 1,100 pounds, he's closer to 800. I still give him a quarter cup. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, but when I read these things, Jessica, I can hear your voice telling me. When I'm reading them, I'm reading them with you. I'm like, oh, Jessica's been telling me this for years. Yeah. So, um, so very interesting. But yes, vitamin E really, uh, really important, uh, and chia uh, highly recommended. So, uh, obviously, always consult your veterinarian before you make any changes or add anything to your horse's diet, especially if uh, your horse has been diagnosed with a particular um, condition. Uh, then follow up with your veterinarian. But great advice from Jessica Lynn at Earth Song Ranch. You can find them on Facebook and you can also find them on the web at earthsongranch.com. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Always, always great. Some, yeah. I'll get you some chia. Please get me some chia, and I think you better get me some vitamin E as well because I've got a horse that's crisscrossing.
Okay, well, we better get some blood work on him, huh? Yes, we are. Already spoke to the vet today, and I'm going to get that taken care of. But I think that your advice is good. Let's get him on vitamin E anyway, because it can't hurt him uh, to be on it. And if that, in fact, is the case, then mm -hmm. he'd already be building his immune system. So uh, yeah. I think uh, we should get him on vitamin E and chia right mm -hmm. away. It'll be saving his, you know, the, the sheaths around the nerves because that's what causes the neurological. Oh. And that's what causes the lameness. That will cause a hind-end thing to happen where they can't get up. Um, but also you need to hand-walk him. And you hand-walk maybe 10 steps forward, 5 steps back. With EPM horses, somehow they lose their ability to back up. So you've got to keep doing it while they recover. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. Jessica, I, I thought some of the B vitamins were also good for nerves. It, what What do you, because those are well, water soluble. It, it is, but specifically for EPM, it's vitamin E. I see. Very interesting. Jessica yeah, Lynn. B, B vitamins are great for everybody, too. None of us take enough with all the stress we live in. <laughs> Yes, that's you're so spot on with I that. I need a lot of that. <laughs> Particularly today, by the way. <laughs> yes, thank you for joining us, Jessica from Earthsong Ranch. Please do find them. And she's always happy to give a, uh, a consultation and give you some advice uh, on the phone. If you are, don't happen to be in her neighborhood, you're never too far away uh, from help from our holistic experts. So, uh, Jessica, thank you for being with us today on the horse right, have a good one. Thank you, you too. <laughs> Jessica from Earthsong Ranch, uh, always full of great advice. We gotta wrap it up and come right back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet. I'm Louisa Barton. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality, and the green choice too. Like All In Removal on Facebook now, or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 through the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. In the studio, I have my co-host, Paulette Stout. And joining us by phone, I have the head of the Breeders' Cup Media Relations, Jim Gluckson. Jim, it's lovely to have you back on the show. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here tonight. Yes, it's wonderful. Uh, the racing season ends with uh, one finish line, the Breeders' Cup World Championships. It's two days, 14 races. It's the culmination of the year in racing that every jockey, trainer and owner 
across the world uh, has in their sights. And, and really, other than the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown races, it's the most exciting time, in my opinion, in racing, certainly. And um, really, we bring together everybody from crown champions, the top horses and spectators, to have really what is an absolutely incredible weekend full of the best of the best. Jim, um, we've got that coming right up. Um, it must be very exciting. You must be very busy getting ready for all of this. Um, Lisa, thank you for that intro. That was outstanding. It was. Um, <laughs> you put the event in perfect perspective. Um, very, that was terrific. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, we are a different kind of an event than the Kentucky Derby. I think a lot of people call us the Super Bowl of horse racing. I often think of it as we're a thoroughbred Olympics. Yeah. And yes. we have very different events, uh, 14 different races, as you mentioned, over the two days and uh, um, a, a large myriad of events, uh, races for two-year-olds, uh, exclusively races exclusively for females, races on the dirt, races exclusively on the grass, short and long distances. And we're here to decide champions on, on this day, which is what John Gaines had in mind uh, when, he, when he crafted the Breeders' Cup or dreamed about it in the early 1980s. And here we are for the 36th running. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to another terrific event or international proportions uh, represented by, as the usual, uh, countries of England, Ireland, France, the United States, Canada, United Arab Emirates, but we also have horses from Qatar, Bahrain, uh, Japan, uh, South Korea, uh, participating this year, uh, and Germany as well. So I think uh, we're very international and we look very, very much forward to it um, Friday and Saturday. Wonderful. Wow. It's a really, really exciting time. Uh, uh, it's been a kind of a strange year, Jim. I mean, we had the, the first ever disqualification in the Kentucky Derby, and then and then we had Mark Cassie, wonderful Mark Cassie, win uh, two legs of the Triple Crown with two different horses. And of course, we had Omaha Beach taken out, um, scratch from the Derby in the beginning, who was sort of the favorite coming up to it. It's been kind of a, a different sort of a year. What is the kind of tone at the Breeders' Cup um, in Santa Anita for for this coming weekend? Is it is it you know is there a lot of excitement? Is there a lot of questions out there? I think Horse of the Year is going to be so tough this year. <laughs> I think it's just uh, it's different. I think there there is excitement and there is under unpredictability in the races. That, yeah. That's for sure. You take a look at the classic; it's wide open. Well, we thought Mackenzie was going to be a big, uh, big favorite coming into the classic, and it was beaten by a Mongolian groom and a and a big upset. And you have uh, Code of Honor coming out here. Uh, that's really a tremendous uh, second half of the season uh, for Shubhengehi and uh, William S. Farish winning the uh, Traverse Stakes and then um, being moved up on the disqualification against Vino Rosso in the Jockey Club Gold Cup, uh, East versus West battle there. Right. Uh, terrific. And then you have Elate in the Classic, the five-year-old mare for Adolfo Schneider and Claiborne Farm to challenge the males. Uh, interesting with her, she has uh, won at the mile and a quarter distance three times against her own gender, but still um, Bill Mott, you know, very confident coming in. That is, I think, the most interesting story uh, coming into the classic. Um, you mentioned the Derby this year, and I think it's interesting. Um, you know, we have uh, two horses in, in the Breeders' Cup in that um, we have Omaha Beach, who was the morning line favorite in the Derby, as you mentioned, scratched. And then you have um, Improbable, who was the actual favorite 
in the Kentucky Derby, uh, and they're both in the in the big ass fans Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. So uh, we have. We yes, have he did say back. big. He did say big ass. Yes. I was actually going to say it, and I'm like, can I say that? Look, they're, they're a great sponsor. <laughs> they have great products, and it's a great cooling system. So yes, we're very proud to have them uh, joining the Dirt Mile this year. Yes. As I, as I would say in England, a big ass. Oh. I have actually been oh, in the barn with one of those fans, and it you feel like you're standing in an air-conditioned room. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. They're, they're, they're amazing. Well, that's great. Okay. It's, so we have, we are, we're, yeah, we're, we are excited for um, for great racing here this weekend. We have an excellent Angers Breeders' Cup this day with Midnight Beast who was undefeated. Yes. I think that's the other part of this is you have a number of horses um, right in the fight for Horse of the Year between, just to I don't want to leave anyone out, but between McKenzie and Court of Honor, for example, Bricks and Mortar, who has been undefeated this year, um, in the uh, in the launching excuse me, launching Breeders' Cup turf. Again, Midnight Bisu, who we mentioned. Sister Charlie is unbeaten in the mm -hmm. Maker's Mark, uh, Breeders' Cup Philly and their turf. Um, so you have a lot of runners out there. That's going to be very interesting as the, as the events all unfold, especially on Saturday. And on Friday, of course, you have um, this uh, terrific horse in Dennis's moment um, for when the, the Iroquois uh, Churchill Downs coming in for Dale Romans in the TVG Breeders' Cup Juvenile against eight rings of Bob Baffert. Right. A trained, uh, trained uh, uh, colt. Uh, that is a very, very uh, important event that will wrap up Future Stars Friday. And of course, this is our second year of having all five juvenile races on Friday right. um, mm -hmm. to really give it a, a signature uh, event for Friday and, and uh, focusing on the two year olds and again the stars for next year. So uh, I think that uh, we have a, an excellent uh, two days of, of racing. Do you have a two-year-old that's your favorite at the moment? Well, I'm, I tell you, I, I like eight rings a, a lot, mm -hmm. but I, I don't have any sleepers, uh, any sleepers coming. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we had the Maxfield was scratched today. Yes. Um, so, but uh, I, I think um, I, I like eight rings. Yes, I have to agree with you there. I think I'm pretty excited about that one as well. Uh, Jim, everybody's, um, uh, you know, social media we see all the time. Actually, I'm wearing my um, I'm wearing my We Support Horse Racing armband right now, and uh, I love that group and what they're doing. Um, we're advocates for the horse. We love the horse. Um, we know that um, for Santa Anita and for the Breeders' Cup, uh, that is of utmost importance and safety and and care for the animals and the and the people involved in the sport. Can you kind of just sum up? Um, you know, what a priority that is uh, to you. Yes, uh, we have very strict safety and security protocols. We've had such for many years. I think that this has been obviously a difficult year. And as an industry, we're trying to do better. We're trying to lessen the accidents. And I think that's important to show that we are working towards doing that. I, I think all of us, all the tracks in the industry and all the industry stakeholders are trying to do better and to improve the situation. I think that's really what, which, what, is, what is attempted to being shown here. I think that's important. We have uh, strict rules. We have our horses arriving 72 hours in front of, in front of the races. Uh, for Friday and Saturday. Uh, we've had out-of-competition testing for Breeders' Cup Challenge winners uh, during the year. We have as many more than 20 vets who will be examining these horses for going through uh, before they are uh, entering uh, for the racing on Friday and Saturday. And I, I think that um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're putting together a program to have the horses that are most sound to race this weekend. So, uh, you know, we, you know, we understand uh, the priority with that as to our partners, Estrada Group here at Santa Anita. Absolutely, it is a top priority and very important. And I, uh, I was actually before we called you, I was talking to my co-host about about you, and I said, you know, what an incredible job that you guys do putting all this together, and 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 how I don't know how you manage all of us media, and uh, and but you do such a phenomenal job. And I was just telling Paulette before we before we actually contacted you, I said, what a great job you do. So what do you do when this is over? Take a holiday? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's very. Good. This is probably for a, a better for a second show. But it's not, you know, it's not at that exciting jetting off to you know uh, Maui and Kapalua Bay that you would one would think of it if it is. Um, to be, it's rather boring in the sense you have to go home, you have to pay the bills, and you have to do some evaluation. You have to calm down. It's like coming in, coming back from the moon. You just don't go yeah. right to the bar and have a few drinks. You right. to decompress. So right. it's a lot of decompression that goes on and uh, relaxing. But uh, and and I would say just to, to, to lighten the, the, the mood a little bit, uh, as a male, I sometimes still go through postpartum depression <laughs> after a breeder's cup that you birthed another breeder's cup, and it's like, well, now what do I do? So you've got to, you, know, you can't sit around and do it, you got to go to the movies and go out and watch a few ball games or something and, and uh, to, to relax and to try to, you know, keep your uh, keep your spirits up. Yeah, yeah it was such a letdown. I know, that, I know, know. it's the anticlimax of the great, exciting, yeah. like, culmination. Jim, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Horse Talk Show and sharing a, a little insight into the horses and into uh, the safety protocols and just how important that really is. And I know that we're going to have an absolutely wonderful weekend. I think we're going to see some very exciting wins. Um, some of those moments, I think of um, Beholder and Songbirds race, you know, those those moments when it's a whisker, you know, and it's just a whisker. And it's it's, uh, and it's so exciting. So uh, I know we're going to see a lot of that. And, and out of this, uh, we'll probably be able to decide on Horse of the Year. And uh, so I think it'll it'll be interesting. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. We're going to enjoy it. And we're going to keep sharing as much with you. Jim, um, good luck to you. Uh, you do a phenomenal job. Keep up the, the great work. And I'll look forward to seeing you soon. Lisa, thank you so much for having me. And I, I, I'm, it's wonderful your show is out there and supporting racing in such a big way over the years. Thanks again for Absolutely. having me. Absolutely. It's just an honor that you take time to, to talk to us, Jim. Thank you so much. All right. Wonderful. Jim Gluckson, great guy, does an absolutely phenomenal job. I always see him at the Eclipse Awards, and, uh, and he, does, uh, he does a wonderful job keeping all of us uh, media in our, yeah. where we're supposed to be and, uh, and gets us all sorted out. And you know what I have to say about him? He blows my mind because when we used to do the show live on Saturday morning when the Breeders' Cup was in California, I had to do it live at 5 o'clock in the morning <laughs> because that's the only way it could be on at the right time. And... Jim used to sort it out so I could go to the track at five o'clock in the morning so I and could be it. there watching horses galloping on the track. And when I emailed him my, my media credentials request, he immediately emailed me back and said, do you need to come to the track at 5 a.m.? Oh, wow. And how do you remember me out of all those people? It's so impressive. I said, actually, Jim, no, we don't. Um, we actually do it now live on, well, on how, Wednesday. How, so. many, how many people are, what, how much of the media is it? Oh, gosh, it must be. A slow, uh, how does he remember 
Oh, and how does yeah. he have time to even like this well, week? Well, how many, many I mean, persons are there there? I don't know. I'll have to ask him that question. But it's a lot. I know there's a lot of us. And, like um, under over 100. I would say over. That he has easily. to manage. Oh, yes, easily. I'm going to ask him that question. I don't know the It'd answer, be nice that, but it's a, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. And he does an absolutely fantastic. And to remember that my show, and I said, no, Jim, we don't do it anymore <laughs> like that. We do it live on Wednesday now, so you don't have to worry about it. But he, he knew, and he even asked. And I thought, that's just, wow. that's impressive. But it's really know? nice that he tried to accommodate you. Yes, he was ready. If yeah. he needed to, he was it's ready cool. to... To set me up, you know. But so. that's what makes great people and great events. Well, that's why we're blessed to have such a yes. wonderful guy running yeah. running yeah. that uh, yeah. media relations yeah. to make sure we all... And you know what? It's super important because if you don't get the media where they need to be, the the, the event doesn't get the coverage that it needs. No. And so, and he takes care of everybody from the, the top people down to the little people like us and so and treats us all the same way so it's a it's a it's a wonderful well, it's thing it's nice so. that he thinks everybody has a, a, an important part and yes, it should be that way absolutely yeah, Super. it is. We're going to wrap the show up with Yvonne Bartow. We're going to give her a call from Horses Without Humans, and we're going to share with you our adoptable horse of the week and remind you about that very incredible event that's coming up in December that you cannot miss. One of the most beautiful productions uh, that, that, that I probably have ever seen. I've just I've seen the photographs, and wow, it'll blow your mind, so you, you better not miss that one. We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, in the studio, co-host Paulette Stout. And on the phone, joining us, Yvonne Bateau from Horses Without Humans. Yvonne, it's lovely to have you back on the show. Hey, thank you. I'm calling actually from the Lake County Fair, and so I was just feeding a camel carriage. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even know that camels like carrots, oh did you? He loves them. He's really cute. I have a picture. I'll send it over to you. Probably not in time for the show, but definitely you'll see a picture of me feeding a camel carriage, and that's why I had to walk away from the camel so y'all could hear me. <laughs> Be careful. He might spit at you. Give us an update on the Boneyard horses. We've been following them very closely um, or rescued recently, probably about six weeks ago now. Um, skin and bones lying on the ground, bless them, unable to get up and uh, uh, very, very sad case. Thought that most of them were, were not going to survive. Um, they've done very well. Uh, how, can you give us an update on the latest? Yes, everybody is in really, really good shape. In fact, the only um, some of, some of the boneyard horses have been fostered, and some have already been adopted. Eddie and Rain, who everybody remembers as the worst and actually most likely to die, are both really thriving. And you cannot walk out in that boneyard field and say, "Oh my gosh, she's poor horses." So wow. I mean, it's it, you know, Louisa, you were in it from the beginning with us, and it hasn't been that long. And it's it's amazing. I mean, it really is. I have to. Think Thank all the people that helped and reached out and sent things and also to my uh, the sponsors that have helped with the nutrition on the horses oh my gosh I mean they look pretty much like regular horses now and we're gonna have to find some other uh, cases and uh, we do have some coming in and we'll be able to fill you in on those at another time but I don't want to waste all your time talking about what's all great and fine and I think we're supposed to talk about a certain horse this week right we are Ariel 
Ariel, absolutely. And you know what? She was one of the Boneyard horses, and she was one that was kind of in the middle of the pack. She wasn't the worst off, and she wasn't the best off, and she was kind of plain, and so nobody really noticed her at first, and she kind of hung in the ground, didn't have much of a personality, or nobody was acting like they had much. Mm. Anyway, just this last bit, now that she's healthy, she's kind of singled herself out, and um, we've got her started under saddle. Uh, she's been, you know, in the round pen, out of the round pen, in the field, in the riding arena, and she's just working on basics. I think she's, mm, Jen would say she's maybe, I think she's five years old, and she looks like a thoroughbred, and um, and she's a good-looking mare. I don't know if you have pictures of her there, do you? Yes, we do. We have photos. Okay. We do indeed. We have photos. Uh, 15-3, Dark Bay, thoroughbred mare, never raced, started under saddle in full training, beautiful diamond and hind sock, nice gates, and will excel in any discipline. That sounds, sounds just about like yes. us. Yeah, and she's in good weight and she's, you know, healthy, eating well, and she's in a good spot that somebody could pick her up and make a nice show horse out of her or companion or a trail horse, <laughs> and she'd be great. She's already been free jumped in the round pen, is brave and doesn't over jump. She's a sweet horse, very athletic, a nice prospect for someone wanting a project or potential lesson horse in a training program. How cool is that? Tell us about the event in December. We're just going to remind everybody that you should be getting your tickets. Yes, go to horseswithouthumans.org and you'll see the write-up. I think it was a little slow to get landed and so there's some people maybe that had flyers and didn't get to um, go and find out how to purchase tickets, but it is 100% there, ready to go. It's on Eventbrite as well and uh, the tickets started $10 and then we have VIP tables that ends up being about $30 or $32 a person and the VIP experience includes a barn tour and silent option and also a meet and greet with the cast after the show and then the, there's front row seats but only so many of those so you have to go online to get them and it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, December 6th, 7th and 8th and it's going to be really, really fun. And that's at the then, Canterbury um, show place. And you're going to have vendors, right? We're going to have vendors, yes. We're going to have vendors and we're going to have food and we're going to have the barn beautifully decorated and the horses are going to look fabulous and we're, we're working on sprucing up all of our costumes and lighting so it's going to be a really fun show. And we have an amazing uh, infograph poster that we had up actually earlier on behind me uh, that, that has um, uh, a picture of you on Pappy, whose real name is... Yesero Jim, because he's coming yes. to that parade in Ocala, That's correct? That's right. He's coming to the expo on November, November 7th. So if you want to get a sneak peek of Pappy, you can attend uh, November 7th, the Ocala Allbreed Equine Expo at the Downtown Market, which is right here close to our studio. And um, Pappy's going to be there. So's Moonshadow. Mm -hmm. And um, we're, we'll be excited to, to get to meet him in person, and uh, or in horse, rather. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that'll be a wonderful experience for everybody. I think we've got about 15 breeds coming so far. We've got... And will you be there, Louisa? Oh, yes. Okay, he's supposed to be your date for the for the He's my date for the ballroom scene, so we can have a face-to-face -face meeting and, and selfie together. <laughs> I think so. I think it will be like a Match.com thing for you and Poppy to see how it works out, huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I like that kind of significant other with four legs. They're way less trouble. <laughs> well, he's a pretty he's a pretty cool dude. You'll like him a lot, I'm quite sure. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to meet him. Yvonne, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, remind us about that incredible event coming up uh, at the beginning of December. You absolutely have to get your tickets. General and admission is December, only $10. December yes. what? December? Yep, it's December so 6, 7, and 8. 
Write it down, yep. December yes. 6th, 7th, and 8th. Yes. And at Canterbury Showplace. Yes, and it's going to be beautiful. In Newbury. Yes, going to be absolutely gorgeous. Yvonne, thank you so much for joining us this evening. All right, thank you. See you all later. Thank you for being with us. Yvonne from Horses Without Humans doing an incredible job. Feeding um, just camels. Yes, yeah, feeding camels a carrot. <laughs> That one I think I'm going to get a photograph of later. <laughs> so we've got lots going on. Um, wrapping up the show, um, just reminders to keep going back to Facebook for Breeders' Cup coverage. We have that special coverage presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. We'll be bringing you the interviews and videos and coverage of the races and the Florida connections, the Ocala-Marion County connections. We've got eight Florida breads running and we have over 30 connections strong connections either graduates um, or OBS went through the OBS sale uh, were here resting training rehabbing uh, horses just with strong connections to some of the best trainers in the world that are right here in Ocala Marion County and uh, a couple of them are neighbors that's fun stuff Bert Pilcher mm -hmm. and Craig Wheeler like neighbors like just up the road from each other it's just it's amazing and they'll all be there uh, at the breeders cup cheering on their their connections so we'll be sharing that with you on facebook we'll also be creating a lot of youtube on the horse talk show tv uh, youtube channel we'll also be posting that on our website and um, so just make sure you're following uh, all of that this week. That's Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital special coverage, also uh, sponsored by All In Removal, Seminole Feed Stores, Horse Boxes USA, um, New Millennium Realty, Equus Inn. And uh, so it's gonna be a lot of, of really good coverage bringing you all of that, um, that Marion County claims to fame that we have, which are many, uh, and, uh, and we'll be bringing you all those details. So make sure you stay tuned with us on Facebook and um, whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world, or at the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita, happy horsing around until next time. This show is brought to you in part by New Millennium Realty. Owner and broker Brian Cox loves this community and wants to help you find your place in the horse capital of the world. Like them on Facebook or find them at allfarmsmatter.com. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. This show is sponsored in part by 1K Helmets, certified to ASTM standards, where the perfect synergy of advanced technology meets aesthetically pleasing design wrapped in a package that traditionalists appreciate. Check them out at 1khelmets.com and like them on Facebook. 1K Helmets, where style meets safety. This show is sponsored in part by Ovation Helmets, the lightest and most comfortable helmets on the market today. For hot Florida summers, you can't do better than Ovation. Check them out at EnglishRidingSupply.com or get fitted for a safe, lightweight new helmet at Tack Shack of Ocala.